Hey everyone, Sean here real quick. Uh, before we get going to uh, Mr. Jeremy Shaw's Dinner with Racers, uh, why don't I put in a quick plug to uh, Daytona International Speedway and the Rolex 24 at Daytona. Uh, if you're listening to Jeremy, that means you are a fan of his work. And of course, if you're a fan of his work, then you probably listen to IMSA Radio. And IMSA Radio is kicking off during this year's Rolex 24 at Daytona. If you haven't paid attention to what's going on with IMSA these days, uh, Daytona is looking to be one of the most awesome races that uh, we may have ever had. Uh, the DPI format now in its second year. We're going to have cars from Acura, revised Mazda, an insane number of talented drivers, Helio Castro-Neves, Fernando Alonso, my boy Rene Raston prototypes, uh, and uh, much much more. Of course, no shortage of Dinner with Racers alumni is going to be there. Uh, guys like Dan Binks, guys like Patrick Long, guys like Joey Hand, uh, probably a few others who uh, just haven't announced yet, but they'll be there. Of course, Ryan will be there. I will be there. If you've never been to the Rolex 24 at Daytona, it is by far one of the coolest races you can never go to. It's four days long. It starts uh, with practice and qualifying on uh, Thursday, the 25th of January. Of course, the race itself is 24 hours on uh, the 27th and 28th. That's a Saturday and Sunday. No better way to spend a weekend. And uh, if you like camping, you have those options. If you don't like camping, Daytona is actually awesome because there's no shortage of restaurants. There's a beach. There's nice hotels. There's actually lots to do when you're out there as opposed to some of the tracks where they're just sort of in the middle of nowhere and that's kind of all you get. So uh, one of the coolest things you can check out by far, I can't recommend it enough. And uh, we're lucky enough that we've got a couple of little programs we're working on in partnership with Daytona. So of course we want to promote the, the 24. You can go to DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. They've got a couple of ticket packages up there that uh, should, should interest you. I highly recommend getting all the access you can because you got a lot of time to wander around and uh, you definitely want to take advantage of it because you're not going to get an experience like that at any other race in the world. So DaytonaInternationalSpeedway.com. Check it out. Sorry for the ad. Let's move on to Jeremy Shaw. Jeremy Shaw. Jer Bear. <laughs> <laughs> or Jay. Jay Dalaha. There it is. Yeah. Former SCCA Truck Series racer. Obviously the Team USA Scholarship founder. Fashion and style icon. Of, well, yeah. Wear of excellent mustache. If you could describe your dinner with racers in one word, what would it be? Sad. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Changed my mind. Whoa! Yeah, but say you said fun before we you got said to this. Fun. All right, fine. Well, now Whatever. I, no, the, 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 that's you, cute. You asked me. Can we do it again then? No. No, that's it. That's no. it. You had one that's chance. Sean you blew play it. Music. Right. Sean, play the music. <laughs> and now for dinner with racers, presented by Continental Tire, with your hosts Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. <laughs> Welcome to Dinner with Razors, season number three. I'm Ryan Eversley. And I'm Sean Heckman. We are finishing up our road trip from Charlotte to Atlanta. We just pulled into Atlanta after 34 days on the road. 13,000 miles. Across 25 states. To bring you 29 free episodes that we hope you enjoy. So we went down to Mission Viejo and we met up with Jeremy Shaw. Jeremy has done more for American race car drivers than probably anybody, especially considering he's an Englishman. 
So if you don't know the name Jeremy Shaw, he is a true legend, especially a sort of a champion of young road racers. Uh, a lot of people might know him as one of the voices of IMSA Radio or occasionally Radio Le Mans. He's been on the broadcast side for quite a long time, but uh, as he likes to say, he's a motorsports writer, not a journalist, uh, that goes back to the 1970s. But for us, also one of his pinnacle accomplishments is his role in the Team USA scholarship program. If you're not familiar with Team USA, uh, they literally handpick two young drivers who could use the help uh, to go to the British Formula Ford Festival, which is one of the biggest junior level road races you can go to. Um, and the Team USA scholarship is awarded to two guys. And if you look at the long history of who they've selected, they have a really, really strong history of selecting some of the biggest names in, in road racing. Names include Joey Hand, Andy Lally, AJ Allmendinger, Joseph Newgarden. I mean, on and on, absolute superstars have come out of this program. And a lot of that comes from Jeremy's eagle eye on able to pick out talent, dedication, and people worthy of the opportunity. So Jeremy's spoken about a lot of things. Uh, he, uh, first of all, he showed up wearing a Team USA polo, which made us very, very happy. Uh, he talks about the rich life of being a motorsports writer. He's got that Jeremy Shaw money. We uh, drove through a major fire two miles north to get there. Uh, his his very brief life as a pro driver and endurance racing specialist. His game with the Liz 80s. And uh, his role in the Road Racing Drivers Club. And Team USA. So, uh, again, I'm not making this up. We met on National Leif Erikson Day. Yeah! Uh, at Hacienda on the Lake in uh, Mission Viejo, California. I had the beef and chicken taco. I had the chicken sandwich. Did you? Yeah, I did. And, uh, you know, guess who drove us there? Dario Franchitti? Dario Franchitti! Dario! Are you really going to eat that? Dude, get your own. Yeah, just calm down. How many times? How many times, Dario? Anyway, uh, we're all sitting in this Acura MDX, and it's got, uh, uh, oh, our sponsor's tire is on this car. What, what, what sponsor is that? On the Acura? Yeah, on this Acura. Oh, uh, those would be... Uh, Continental Tires! Oh, yeah. Continental Tires. Try it. Say it. No, I said Continental Tire. No, say it like I say it. Yeah, Continental Tire. Say it like I say it. Continental Tire. Say it like I say it. You say it, goddammit! Continental Tire! Cross-contact. LX Sport. Yep. <laughs> All right. Jeremy Shaw. You say it, goddammit! Spin that Meow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We're going to start in five, four, three, two... Hey! Welcome! How are you, sir? Good. good to see you. Oh, yeah. Sporting the logo. Yeah, no, oh, he yeah. came, came yeah, to play. It's came a pure gig. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, I, I wear shorts all day around here, so I thought I'd I don't like wearing shorts. I go out to a restaurant, so. Okay. So right. straight in, huh? Oh, wow. Jeez, that was loud. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, we, oh, yeah, we waste no time. Right. Good. How right. long have you been there? I'm sorry, I could, I could have been there earlier. So. No, no, no. No, yeah, you're, you're, you're uh, four. How was the trip down? Hold on. You dodged in the bonfire. <laughs> you're, you're four minutes early, and you just apologized for being late. <laughs> How very English <laughs> of well, you. I'm early. Aren't I? Well, I'm never early in my life. Uh, all right, all right. Okay. right. It's just rhythm. I guess there's yeah. a first like, time and for I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm sorry. <laughs> Can I have you pull the mic back like two yes. inches? Just a little, little, little closer. A little closer? Right there. Perfect. All right, go ahead. Trip down was... So you dodged the bonfires? We drove through them. Yeah. yeah. Which is the second day in a row of that. Because really? we, we were driving through Flags outside uh, of Flagstaff. Just outside of Flagstaff. Yesterday, and we saw just massive smoke like this. Yeah. And uh, 
we're like, oh, let's get off of the exit and see if, how close we can get. So we ended up pretty much driving right up to it, and it was a controlled mm. burn in a, in a park. Yeah, so uh, October, for those of us who live in California, is basically fire season. Yes. And uh, for some reason, today is the day that, like, all of Northern California and Southern California are on yeah. fire simultaneous. Yeah. Uh, the, the city of Santa Rosa got hit very, very hard. And now we're about, what would you say, five miles south of Anaheim Hills? Yeah, five, ten. Yeah, ten and, and literally Anaheim Hills is mm. ablaze right now. The the yeah. very nice restaurant we're at is um, the, the skyline's kind of covered in smoke right now. And we're literally seeing live feed from the news on uh, houses getting destroyed. We're five miles away from it all. Yeah. So we mm. took a... Uh, what we thought would be a cool PR photo. Yeah. Oh, he's yes. going to show it to you right now. Yeah, we did that yesterday. A bus in front of the blaze. Helicopter, and like, that'll be so fire. cool to post. Yeah. And woke up this morning like, well, now we can't post that. Yeah. Mm. Our so. friend, like a friend of ours, good friend of ours, house has been destroyed completely. Yeah. 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 Well, Santa Rosa. in Santa Rosa. Yeah. But who really? Yeah. So it's like, ooh. Uh, well, actually, so now we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna hit you with the hard questions first. So right. I, I, uh, <laughs> I've always assumed, you know, motorsport journalists for – going on first of all Ford? okay oh, oh i don't consider myself a journalist i don't consider myself a pr guy a, a, a journalist to me is somebody who's been trained and, ah. and knows what the heck they're doing sure oh well I'm in that neither. case so you're just making <laughs> all it up i know go. about a little bit is okay. motor racing okay and I, and I can string a few words together okay thankfully sure sometimes verbally as well okay and uh, so so no i'm not i'm not a i'm a motor racing writer <laughs> and I nowadays, like kind of yeah. broadcaster, which yeah, is kind of fun. Absolutely. So um, another string to the bow. But no, I, 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 I feel for the people who are real journalists because I'm certainly not one of them. It's kind of like us being broadcasters. Exactly. Yeah, we're all frauds, right? Yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. <laughs> 100%. Fake it till you make it. Um, but as somebody who has literally made a career for now four decades uh, in, in the general sport of motorsport, what is that? <laughs> I'm looking for who you're talking about. Yeah. Who's made it? Um, yeah. I have a vision because I know how I live uh, of uh, of of how you would live in terms of like the kind of area you can afford and the kind of and and uh, when we drove into this part of Rancho Santa Margarita, all I can think is how the f does he afford this kind of area? <laughs> <laughs> I, so I got to know like what is this? Do you well, live you the, the house over there? Yeah, I don't live there. Okay, good. <laughs> That beautiful lakefront property. Absolutely gorgeous yeah, yeah. lakefront property. Yes, <laughs> it's, it's rather nice. Yeah, no, I live kind of over the hill and around the corner and down the, down the dale. Gotcha. Fair yeah. enough. Gotcha. Fair enough. But you've been, you've been here for a while? Well, yeah, no, I've been in California now for, for well, over 30 years, astonishingly. Oh, wow. Okay. So when I first moved out, which was in 1985, right. I rented initially because I thought well, I'll be here for a year or two and then I'll, sure. be, <laughs> thought I'll be kicked me out right. or I'll want to go back. Right. And so I had a place in England, which I, which I sold, and the prices had been going up and up and up and up and over there. So I thought, great, now a good time to sell. Now's a good time to get on the market over here. Because even then, houses were barely affordable in Southern California. Right. Now they're totally not affordable for anybody. Yeah, I understand. That ilk. I know what you mean. But yeah, so I got a mortgage and, um, on a place out here and, uh, and a little townhouse down in um, by the Orange County Fairgrounds. Okay. Very close to South Coast Plaza. It's a great yeah. place to live. I mean, yeah. it's sort of five minutes from the ocean if you want to go to the ocean. Right. Five minutes from the airport. And, 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 and the thing about Orange County Airport, it's a great little airport. Yeah. Love flying out of there. Out of John Wayne. But yeah. it's just, there's just pretty much one runway. Actually, two, but they're parallel north-south. And I live west of it. So what I'm, what I'm getting at here is that I wasn't on the flight path. 
<laughs> so that was cool. I was really, really so close to it. I mean, it's literally just down the end, pretty much down the end of the right, street. Right. I'm no more than a mile away, but it was, but it was, but it was quiet. Right. So relatively so. And you're, so and you're, you're full-time motorsports. And this is, the, I've asked everybody who lives in Southern California. Um, I'm not full-time racing, so I can justify living in the LA area. Right. Uh, how does it work for you out here? Because there is very little racing in this time zone. So yeah. every, and especially out of John Wayne, I can't imagine anything is direct. No, it's, no, it's not. But, yeah. but 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 back then there was. I mean, there was Riverside was here. Yeah. Um, obviously, over at Long Beach, that, and there was, and then later on, Fontana got you know Ontario, Ontario got, yeah. got built in Willow Springs. Maz, you know, the USA is not a million miles away. Right. Um, and and there was a racing culture here in Southern yeah. California then, which is pretty much vanished now, sadly. Right. But I mean, you know, Gurney's was here, and Pinelli Jones had been based here, and there was Ascot, of course. Which I went to. But as soon as I discovered that, I was there all the yeah. time. I mean, just the name: Agajanian Southern California Oval Track. Yeah. Ascot. <laughs> yeah. Sensational. Right. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and and I was lucky enough to meet you know meet the guy, the people who ran it, you know, the Agajanians and, and Parnelli and people like that, and and they always said, hey, look, whenever you want to come along here, just let us know. We'll leave a ticket at the gate. Like, Fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. I said, but, and I, even then, at that stage, I hadn't paid to go to a race for probably ten years through my just to, to all the work I've done in England and I said look thank you very much but I'm quite happy to pay my 17 bucks a night yeah. right. to go in there because yeah. the racing was so sensational and it was so completely different to anything I'd seen before and I thought, I'm quite happy to pay my 17 bucks but thank you um, but however when the outlaws come into town I can't afford that so yes I'd love, yeah. love to take <laughs> up on that one and just to shed some light Ascot was a dirt track Dirt track, half uh, mile dirt track yeah, yeah, in, the mid here. in the middle of right next to the 405, yeah. up by the what used to, I think Nissan's actually moved out now, but next to what used to be the Nissan building, where the, where oh, the, yeah. where the 405 and a 110 collide, I think right, is right, a, right by the a radio ad, something yeah. like that. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, and um, and so the, there was one guy that Dean, Dean Thompson was there, and he had a big crash the week before, broken his leg. The week before, had broken his leg. No problem. Just had the plaster cast on his leg set at a 90 degree angle so he could stomp on the brake pedal. Right, right. I thought, you can't be kidding me. <laughs> and then there's another guy there who, who had, had no hand. And, and uh, so he had a sort of a stump thing with a, with a slot in the middle yeah. and, and that slotted onto the strip wheel. And he there drove it like a, like, like a London bus. Yeah, nice. Just like I think this is a different breed out here, <laughs> quite clearly. So I figured, hey, my 17 bucks was, was well spent. Right. And uh, yeah, wonderful times. Where, where are we going with that? Oh, there's no How direction. Can we get onto that? No. <laughs> welcome welcome yeah. to this podcast. You, you did tell me before that we, it, it's no problem to go off, off, yeah. off topic. Oh, yeah. It's encouraged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, I love Southern California. It is oh, no, absolutely. the place to live. And I'm so fortunate. And, I, and, and again, I was really lucky to get here at the right sort of time when it was just sort of kind of affordable. Thank you very much. Right. But Sorry, wait, are you still in the same townhouse? No, 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 no. No. Yeah, no, okay. no. Well, no, because... I got together with my with my girlfriend in in the early 90s, okay. and she did. She worked for Tasman Motorsports in uh, in Columbus, Ohio. Ah. So I <laughs> I headed off to Columbus, Ohio, for a couple of years. And it took a little me different. A few years to persuade <laughs> her to get back out here, and then when we moved out here, we wanted to get a place of our, of our own, not mine. Yeah. Right. So we sold the town. I sold we sold the townhouse. And, and that was uh, in like in that area, probably for like three million dollars. Exactly, yeah, yeah. three and a half, I think. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then and then started looking around for something that could afford. And I thought, well, we, we'd find somewhere down Laguna Niguel or somewhere just yeah, uh, you know, not far away, but you know, relatively 
relatively We're the working class at Newport Beach. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And, um, and, and the realtor we found, again, really lucky, found this great realtor. And they, they, sh- they said, there's a place up in Rancho Salamoca. I said, no, I don't want to go up there. It's way too far. Sure. They said, no, there's a toll road. Because you're thinking like airports and stuff to. like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah right. Exactly. Because yeah, yeah. so. by then, there, there was, uh, it would fly everywhere from here. Yeah. Yeah. So it t- showed this place here. And I walked in, looked around, and I thought, you've got to be kidding. And uh, it was beautiful, beautiful place. It was right. about seven or eight years old, probably yeah. eight, ten years old. And, and, and it's all fairly open plan. It's got a fabulous view looking dead nuts west. Oh, wow. So oh, wow. Yeah. Sunset so and the whole thing. Yeah. I said, and I said, said to Tammy, I said, this is, if this is half as nice upstairs, this is the one, isn't it? Yeah. So it was. And, um, and, and again, then, you know, then the, the, it was worth half what it is now, probably. So, wow. again, so just been okay. really, really lucky. Yeah. Cool. I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't afford to come in here now if I didn't have the background. You know, yeah, from getting which in to, when to you which did. To draw, so. Yeah. All right, so let's. Uh, w- I, I got to know then. So, uh, so you met her when? Early nineties. I'm gonna guess the hair and the mustache was the same as it is today. Well, it's slightly different, but Sli- so okay, maybe <laughs> color, color, in it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, but you, you've you've kept the same style for 30 years, I'm guessing. <laughs> and so in 1991, it was only about 10 years out of date. And uh, <laughs> uh, but she went for. So what's your what is the what is the Jeremy? The J. Dalaha. J. Dalaha. Ha. We'll, we'll explain <laughs> into that. Yeah. Uh, what is the game? How did you make this work? What work? How did how did you how did you how did you make her go out with you? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> the accent, I suppose. Right. Accent. Yeah. Mustache. And, and, and I guess one of the first dates we went on was it was at the Shark Club. Sounds safe. Down by uh, Orange County Airport. Right? No clue. What I guess that it is. must have been no no. Well, right. <laughs> uh, it was a pool pool hall basically. Okay. And it was just down the road from where I was living. And I, they, the the Tasman team must—they must have been there for a for Long Beach, I suppose. Right. Why they were staying, I can't. I have no idea. Very hazy. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> got, I've not got a very good memory for important things. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it makes sense that you're with somebody in racing because we were thinking about that. Like, you've got to be a legendary statistician in the sense that you, you know, I mean, just sitting here for ten minutes, you're able to recite all kinds of dates right. and names and whatnot that we have no head for. Right. And it would take a kind of woman who understood the sport to. Have yeah. patience for that. No Oru had her own thing, but obviously yeah. it's the same. It's, she yeah. gets it at least. Yeah. No, that's a question for her. That one, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but she is, you know, she is a super person. She works ridiculously hard, and and that's the other thing because I'm pretty lazy. <laughs> so how should I somehow don't buy I that? I guess it's I guess it's of opposite to attract. I don't know. <laughs> right. Because I used to have dark hair. She's got light hair. So maybe uh, the whole thing, you know, <laughs> one, into, one extreme to the other. <laughs> so we we've, we've given you a new name, by the way. Yeah. Trying to figure out nicknames for you on the drive-ins right. is a thing we do to pass time, right. especially in traffic. And so <laughs> we, we figured, you know, we'd go J dollar sign Ha. Right. So that became J dollar Ha, which Just is now ha. your name, now your nickname. <laughs> or Jer Bear. Can I call you Jer Bear? You can call me whatever you like. See, Jer- Just as Do- long as it's not Jer. Right. So Dr. Jerry Punch did not appreciate me calling him Jer Bear. I tried to get it in one time, and he was like, mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> oh, sorry, Shut sir. Down. <laughs> nice meeting you. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just we just didn't expect this area to be as nice as it was. No, right. it is. Yeah. It, it blew me away. So you're probably the only commentator I've ever listened to that happily says no to people when they're hoping the other person agrees with them. So almost most commentary that you listen to, it's like, yeah, that's the uh, red car. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. You're, you're, no. <laughs> no, that is a green yeah, car. You know, I've, I've, people have made me more aware of that lately. Yeah. No, I love it. And – and I guess that's a bad habit. I don't no, it's I don't not. Think so. okay, gonna, let's get into this. Let's, yeah, let's, let's go, go right, right into this. Right so two days. F- 
Two days ago, <laughs> uh, we were driving through somewhere in the middle of the country, and we listened to the entire Petit Le Mans. Yeah. IMSA Radio was what we listened to for the majority of it. Yeah. And you guys do a fantastic job, as always. But we noticed there's a relationship. And I don't know if anyone's ever pointed this out, but it seems like... <laughs> Hindoff is there to, to make things fun and entertaining, and your job, well, you'll be like, John, 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 stop. <laughs> Here's something going on in the race we should be paying attention to, or, or, or yelling about pit strategy um, or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he, I've worked with a lot of great people yeah, yeah. Over, over the years, and, and he is, um, he, he, like uh, Greg Creamer and a few others, sure. th- th- I, I like to say that they can talk about nothing forever that's a, that's a and talent. be entertained. Yeah, an actual it's talent. a huge yeah. talent. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I'm, 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 I'm the color guy. So if people ask me questions, I can talk. Sure. But if they don't ask me questions, you're stuck. I'm <laughs> kind of stuck. Right. Well, in fairness, if, if I mean somebody's got to keep it going, so Hindoff obviously that's his job. And he's brilliant. And that I mean, assume he's thoroughly entertaining. I oh yeah, think. no, he's great. And he can talk about whatever he wants to talk about. And the great thing is about the great thing is about IMSA Radio is that we're not on television. Right. I mean, we, we actually that you you can get an, a video feed with with our right. commentary. Right. But but we're IMSA Radio, so it doesn't ma- really matter what's going on on, on the TV screen, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's a big difference between us, uh, us and the, in IMSA's case, Fox. Right. Because they have to talk about what's on the screen. But you generally will point out when somebody does something dumb, and especially when it's dumb, like they know better and they right. still did it, and you'll be the one that goes, "Yeah, that wasn't too bright." Yeah. And I'm like, "I want more of that." No, I, I like to call the spade a spade. I think, and uh, you know, I like to, uh, I like to be, I like to be honest. I mean. One of you know, one one of my, I like to be honest with myself, and I always you know the kids that I helped and worked with over the years. Yeah. You've got to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And any racing driver, as you as you guys well know, you, you, if you're not honest with yourself, you're never going to make it in this sport. Right. So um, unless you've got the money, you don't care. Right. That's um, like us. So exactly. <laughs> Once you get so the podcast, it's, you know, it's really really important. Yeah. Get that Jeremy Shaw money. So let's go back to the Jeremy Shaw money for a minute. Right. So, yes. uh, so, because so, I'm just curious. So, like, I'm not going to tell you the bank. Uh, uh, so, you know, IMSA Radio or, or, what or, drug it or was. to make the living that you do in 2017, how many jobs do you have right now? Not as many as I used to have. Okay. By choice? Um, no. Okay. <clears throat> because there's a lot more people working for less it. now. Yeah, copy. Uh, here, with the advent of the internet, things yeah. change rapidly. Yep. And, dr- and, dr- and dramatically. Oh, we understand. Um, and so there's all sorts of people out there that are doing it for nothing, basically. And right. In my opinion, what do you do? Eighty percent of them doing a, a really shitty job. Yeah. I, I had a guy call me, <clears throat> email me the other day, and say he wanted to do a little interview thing for me. And was it me? Um, was, huh? it, was it me? It wasn't you. No, no, no. It's Tony does email. And, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. And um, he, he would, he would. He would email me some questions, and he wanted me to answer the... So he wants me to write his story for him, basically. Ah, right. I said, no. I said, if you want to call me, you're welcome to call me. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I'll use a tape recorder. Actually, I don't have a tape recorder nowadays, but I used to. Because I don't do much writing in it, because there's hardly anybody to write for anymore. Yeah. Right, right. You know, I started off working for the magazine, magazines. Right. And I came over here to run On, tra- on Track magazine, and, and so... It was it was sort of journalism, but it was wasn't real life journalism sure. in my yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, writing I about motor racing. Completely interesting. Right. But yeah. um, but you, know, you 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 learn to take shorthand or shorthand in my in my um, terminology because no one else can read it, nor can I half the right. time. <laughs> but <laughs> I, so like I scribble my own notes yeah. right. and write the stories, and, and and off we go. But uh, and, and took it seriously. 
Yeah, really seriously. And if, I, if there was a story to be done, then I would t do it to, to the best of my ability. And, you know, I'd screw up every once in a while. And, sure. But, uh, but I always went out of my way to try and get the facts right. Right. And, and I did a lot of legwork in that. I mean, when I first started out, I actually hitchhiked to the racetracks in England. Wow. Hitchhiked to the racetracks, do, do the stuff, hitchhike back again, right, tap out my story on an old portable typewriter that my dad had lying around. Yeah. Uh, then cycle down to the local train station, which is about three or four miles away, in first thing on Monday morning, put my, put my typewritten story, which looked pretty grubby, into an envelope, <laughs> handed it to the conductor on the train, who would then be met at the other end at Marylebone Station in London by a messenger who would t take it, who would you know, buy, uh, Holy crap. motorbike it to the, to the magazine, right. and then they go through all the production process, and miraculously, which opened a magazine. on Thursday, there's my story in the in the magazine. So that's oh. how I started out. Huh. So it wasn't. It's not as easy as it is now. Right. Where you, you're, I mean, everybody has a car now. And, right. And um, you, know, you just write your story out, move a few things around. You know, word process. This thing is totally different. Uh, and then go, bing, press the button, and off it. And it's the other end of the world. Right. I mean, that's so. <laughs> So different to what well, I was working on. And I assume yeah. there's got to be a nostalgia <laughs> for that. Not not so much in the workload, but it filters out the people that want it. Yeah. Like yeah, you earn sure. doing that. Yeah, right, you right. Know? And and now yeah. any asshole with a blog can just yeah. pretend like they're right. a journalist. Yeah. And, and there's people who, who, will, who will take that on. And and, and um, so it's difficult to find a proper paying job in writing it. And thankfully, you know, I've got into the commentary side of things. And yeah. it's yeah. been up and down. But IMSA looks after me incredibly well yeah. right. and, and every day I, you know, I, I, I uh, thank my lucky stars and, and sort of hit myself on the head and say have you woken up yet right, right. Um, and thankfully I haven't so I'm still doing it and you know I, I mean I, as long as I can pay my bills I'm happy yeah. sure and um, and yeah 40 years into this deal in 2017 mm. how many jobs do you have now uh, yeah yeah very few actually okay. um, I mean I helped Tammy out at the um, at the Mazda Road to Indy events sure um, and a couple of other bits and pieces, and and some you know regular things for autosport still probably sure. 40 years later, and um, and a few other you know minuscule things here and there, right. writing program stories perhaps for somebody or but the majority is, is Radio Le Mans and, and it's Radio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, good for them and good for yeah. you. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, I think probably I don't know 40 or 50 percent is is Imps Radio, and and 30 percent is probably. Mass Road to Indy, and the rest sure. is um, yeah, bits and pieces. So, cool. most notably, you founded the Team USA scholarship. Okay. How does an English guy start the Team USA scholarship? Why does an English guy start that? Why does an English guy start yeah. well, the, the English guy starts at the USA Team USA scholarship because in 1990, they were canceling British Formula Ford races through lack of entries. Formula Ford had been on the scene even then. Since 1967, so 67, 77, 87, 25 years nearly. And in the sort of late 80s and early 90s, other companies came in, Vauxhall, Opel, Renault, and had their own single seater series in, in, in England and or Europe. So Formula Ford was kind of you know, lowering down the, peck, down the pecking order, and Ford wasn't paying anything. It's not changed there. And um, so Formula Ford was dying on the vine, effectively. And, and I I, I got together with Paul Fanner, who's one of my best friends at Racer Magazine, um, and we started we started chatting with him. Like, well, if there's not if there's not many entries, 
I was thinking maybe this can be the last ever Formula Ford Festival. Uh, that was the important thing for me yeah, because sure. for years that had been the That's event the in the UK. Yeah, End of season. Yep. Everybody comes from all over the place. Sure. Literally a couple of hundred cars would turn up. Yeah. Right. And uh, it was just sensational. I thought, well, hmm, if this is going to be the last ever festival, wouldn't it be, number one, I've got to go. Because yeah. I hadn't been at that stage for since, since 84, Great. I guess. Um, and... So I've got to go, and then, oh, wait a minute, if there's not going to be many entries, maybe if you take a young American over there, maybe he can do fairly well. So I started sort of chewing, chewing the fat with Paul and a few other people, and I talked to Rick Gallows and a couple of other people around the IndyCar circuit, and they said, great idea, we'll, we'll, we'll stump up a bit of money. So we did that, contacted some old buddies of mine in the UK, they had uh, a car that they just built, a one-off car, uh, and it was actually the same cars that I'd driven for 10 years ago, oh, in cool. another one-off car. Yeah. Um, cool guys, brilliant. Uh, Bill Bray, the, the, the designer of the car, brilliant guy. So I found all the money and then thought, okay, well, who are we going to pick? So that year was the, that was the first year that Jeff Gordon came on the scene. Yeah. And I was at IRP, Indianapolis Raceway, Raceway Park, when he made his midget debut. Done a lot of sprint cars on the West Coast before that. Came over the Midwest and this was his first asphalt Midget race. Right. First asphalt midget race. Put it on the pole, won the heat race, started whatever it was, six for the final with the inverted grid for USAC, won the race, and I went down into the bowel to that old place of <laughs> r- r- yeah, the yeah, old yeah, grandstand. Yeah. I went down the bottom of that, and that's was a little top media center, what was it, a room right. down there. Was Robin Miller there? Well, probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. And, um, the prize. and I, so, so Jeff came in for a thing, and I thought, wow. This is th- this kid is the business. Yeah. I mean, he is fantastic. He's 18, taught brilliantly, knew all about the sport, working hard, drove brilliant on the racetrack, bring, bit all the old school guys. Mus- you know. Mustache at that point? No, don't, no. We were old enough to have a mustache. Grow it, yeah. Yeah. Like, no, it started growing. No, not. I think it, was, it wasn't a wisp <laughs> on his face. <laughs> I think. And um, I thought so. So I started chatting with him, and then later on, you know, kept kept in touch. He was driving for Steve Lewis, who's from here in Laguna Beach okay. at the time although I didn't know Steve at the time and um, cut on short short ch- 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 yeah I'd love to do it I thought cool that'd be great and then and then you know, started talking a bit more seriously and then another midget date clash came up as as it did because he was racing pretty much every night yeah, of the week yeah, right. so to go over there for a week really wasn't going to work right. so so he, 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 he said no and then so we got Jimmy Vassar instead who worked out fairly well yeah. so we get over there and it turned, everybody had the same idea as me. There were about 200 cars. It was one of the biggest entries they've ever oh, had. Oh, funny. Sure. Okay, sure. yeah. So Formula Ford was not dying on the vine. <laughs> right. And, and here we are, you know, nearly 30 years later, it's still going strong. Yeah. Right. Um, so it was a huge entry. They have eight heat races. Oh, wow. And then the top 14, I think it was, went through from the heat race to the quarterfinal, and then through the semifinal, and then through the final. While Jimmy got taken out on lap one of the heat race. So ah, that was the end of that. Right. But the really funny thing is, 10 years earlier, I'd done the same race with you. It was my first ever Formula Ford race. Um, and with the same group of people, different car, but same group of people. And I got taken out on the first lap of the heat race as well. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so in 10 years, we'd progressed about 10 yards up the racetrack <laughs> right. together, which is pretty funny. So that's how it all started. And, and so, but from that point, like, this is what I want to do every year is find the funding. Yeah. I, <laughs> I guess so, and I, that's I had dark hair then. Right, <laughs> right. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, 
it's a pain in the ass, but I mean, it's a cool thing. I love there. doing it. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah. always tried to help young drivers. I mean, right. Right, when, when I was in England writing about Formula Ford and Formula Three, and I basically did up to Formula Three. I was quite right. happy doing Formula Three. Didn't want to do Formula One. That wasn't that wasn't my goal. Quite happy covering the Formula Three. I was a Formula Three guy for all the sport for so, yeah for better part of ten years. Right. Right. Loved it, and I did all the other stuff as well: touring cars, whatever, Formula Five Thousand, whatever. Brilliant, fantastic fun. And, and I'd always like to help young drivers, and particularly the Brazilians that came over to England, because they come over from Brazil, totally different culture, yeah. Yeah. climate was a little bit different. Yeah. <laughs> um, much nicer weather. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly, much nicer weather, much more variety. Food's way better. Uh, food's, yeah, food was crap in those days, it was really horrid. So culturally, you know, they're they, they, they thinking, what the hell are we doing Why here? am I here? Right. Yeah. So, and they, yeah, the other ones that had the talent and the, and the commitment, and there were a lot of them, I, I, I wanted to help them as much as I could. Right. So your first contestant to come through the Team USA scholarship was almost Jeff Gordon. You end up going with B-Squad Jimmy Vassar. Worked out, I guess, pretty well for him. If I can help him, mold him in some way, I get, I get a kick out of it. I mean, if, what I should have done, of course, was sign him up to contracts. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. and I'd be, uh, I would be living shit. in that house yeah, across, yeah. The, yeah, across exactly. the lake. Exactly. This would be your restaurant. <laughs> yeah, it would, yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's on the lake. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so explain what the Team USA scholarship is for maybe a crossover NASCAR listener from our show that might not necessarily understand what it is you do with the program. So just kind of give us a overall on the on the idea. Obviously, we know it, but we we interview sure. now people from all walks of motorsports. Yeah. And this is more of a road racing, open wheel thing. But you've had drivers go on, like you said, NASCAR. Yeah, and I've the like. opened the doors. You know, I, I I used to know quite a lot of people in NASCAR, and yeah. and uh, actually probably do now actually from crossover from single seater racing. Yeah. But um, but it, it's not. I just I just see it as an opportunity for me to give opportunities to d deserving youngsters that are, that are going right. to help them forward but their careers. I mean, it's, yeah, that we, we take them over to England normally. I've done various different things. It depends on, on the level of kid, the, the amount of money, everything else. But I give them the opportunity to get out of their comfort zone, take them overseas. I'm not really interested in doing something over here because that's too easy. I want them to be out of their comfort zone, away from the people they know. Your parents are not part of the deal so they're over there uh, and and it basically they find out where, whether they really do want to become racing drivers you know, the two kids are, they left yesterday oh. the first race the first proper race is, is 10 days time at Ransatch Form 4 Festival right. but this week they flew yesterday they arrived today they started doing a seat fitting today finish it off tomorrow Wednesday they're going to go to learn how to shift an H pattern gearbox. <laughs> Damn kids. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Uh, I mean, most of them drive you know, pickup trucks with manual, you know, with automatic. Yeah, exactly. right, right. But, uh, but the Formula Ford Festival for again, like a somebody who's maybe not. It, it's grassroots. It's grassroots. Yeah, this is the right out of go karts thing that and you it, go and race. And, and for 50 years, literally, right. because it started 50 years ago. Formula Ford has been the training ground for young drivers. Right. Emerson Fittipaldi, Emerson Fittipaldi came through that. You know, James Hunt. You all the right. all the top guys from from the late sixties. Right. It would vast be vast majority. Michael Schumacher, even right. Damon Hill, late more lately. It would be like an oval equivalent of people from around the world coming to like the Chili Bowl to yeah, kind of come or, and prove or themselves. like the or, Legends or, or series. The, yeah, you the, know, it's that entry level exactly. race yeah, car. Yeah. Exactly. And what your program has done for the last twenty eight years, twenty eight years, is raise yeah. enough money to take two Americans 
into this program every year and you do a gong show style selection process and i honestly don't know how you pick or where you find most of these guys you've asked me a couple times in the last few years like hey if there's anybody that kind of meets these criteria it's it's there's an age limit i think sort of yeah, yeah i mean 24 ish probably is i mean if you're starting any any later than that you're going to struggle to get anywhere yeah. and i want i want to give opportunity to people that have actually got a fighting chance of making it right right i'm not i don't care whether they do or not yeah but it's not important to me. i don't they don't have to win yeah right. but I, I, there's no point in taking somebody I'm not going to take you know, the, the yeah. son of a multimillionaire, for example, because they can afford to do it on their own. Exactly. And by the same token, I'm not going to take somebody who's who can't put two words together, who can't represent the yeah, sponsors. Yeah, it's an overall got. process. Yeah. Like you guys interview these kids, you, you let them, yeah. you know, show that they're, you know, yeah. a, a qualified ad, adult, even though they're not. They're they're babies. But the names like Andy Lally, Joseph Newgarden, Jimmy Vassar, uh, Buddy Rice, Almondinger. Brian Herta, yeah. Jerry Nadeau. Jerry I mean, Nadeau, yeah. exactly yeah. right. You sure. tried to help Jeff Gordon. <laughs> you know, run me through the process that you you pick these guys because you bring in guys like Brian Sellers or uh, Patrick Long, and you have them help out with with that. Explain to me how. Give, just give me the rundown on how you pick these guys. So I I, I try to pay attention to what's going on at the grassroots. Yeah. And by that I mean you, you know, prop, proper racing. I mean if they're, if they're Formula Ford F sixteen hundred as it is now. Formula Four, perhaps you know some of the some of the SEC club races, if they've got proper competition, right? Um, and you know, I don't. I, I want the kids to made the move out of karting. Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in taking the kids straight out of karting. I want them to make the effort, yeah, and, and and find a way to get in a race car, even if they've got any money, yeah. as long as they're in a race car, yeah. Uh, and then, so I've got a network of people around the country helping with that. You know, yep. at the Lucas Oil School of Racing, for example, or Skip Barber as as, as was, yeah, fortunately no longer around, but. Um, you know, th those sort of people, that I, I pay attention to them, Dri various driver coaches that are working with youngsters, yep. they, see, they, they see what's going on, uh -huh. and I'll ask for recommendations, and then I'll make up a short list. I invite them all to come along to an IndyCar race meeting, um, it's been mid-Ohio the last few years, yep. sometimes it's a NIMSA race meeting, in the old days it used to be a Mazda race meeting in Seca, when there was an IndyCar race there, and we'd have a panel of judges, and I, I took, embed the kids with teams during the day so they'd meet people during the day. This year, for example, Pat, Patrick Long sat him down for 45 minutes or talked to him for 45 minutes, showed him around his car. Um, Flying Lizard guys did the same thing with, with their McLaren. They sat in on debriefs and, and watched on the pit cart with, with the IndyCar teams, with Ganassi and Ed Carpenter and, and uh, Del Coyne and you know, different teams, embed them with the teams so they you know, get a feel what the racing industry is like you know down the road and then and then in the evening we have a sort of a meet and greet and then we have a dinner catered and um and then we interview each of the kids we grill them we all sit you know there's a 15 or so of us sit around one little guy sitting there on a chair yeah. right uh, and we ask him questions for 10 minutes 17 years old we ask him questions for 10 10 minutes or how long yes it, it's not it can't be more than 10 minutes or 10 or 12 minutes because otherwise we'll be there all night right but yeah, this year, Mike Holes from Ganassi Racing has done it for the last several years. Yeah. Spencer Piggott was there the whole time this year, I think, and, uh, and um, T. McHale from Honda, Carl Kimball from Mazda, um, Pat, Pat Long was there, I say, and Brian Sellers and Joel Miller, and you know, all, a whole bunch, a whole array of people. Uh, and Chris Wheeler from Bell Helmets. People from different, different areas of the industry, basically. So it's a real cross-section of people. And then we'll whittle it down to half a dozen people. And then we had a shootout 
with the Lucas Oil School of Racing because they got lots of cars. Yeah. Uh, and we put it on there. We had six kids and put them through their paces for a couple of days on track. They had, I think they had five sessions, so they had you know, two and a half hours of track time. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, we, I get input from everybody and then have to make a decision. Yeah. Right. Really difficult. I'm sure. Telling. Yeah. And then. And then I've got to tell four of them, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So then those two drivers get to go over and do the U.S. Yeah. Formula Ford, or sorry, the Formula Ford festivals yeah. in England, and they're racing as the best the world has to offer. And the success has been pretty damn good. Like, it's every year or two you read that the kid goes over and wins the damn thing or gets yeah, on the or podium. or wins something at least. Yeah, or, exactly. or wins a heat race or, yeah. or something or runs yeah. on the podium at least. Yeah, I mean, it's quite competitive. It's, it, the, the festival isn't what it used to be. There used to be 200 cars turned right. up literally from around the world but but it's it's now growing again for enough over the last several years yeah. and particularly now the winner of the festival and the Walt Hayes Trophy former Ford festivals at Brands Hatch Walt Hayes Trophy is at Silverstone yeah and the Walt Hayes Trophy is a bigger race now they have more more entries there they have 115 cars so it's you know it's a yeah. pretty stout entry and they, they they come from all over the place to do it there's a lot of people just doing it for the hell of it there's also a lot of people doing it seriously because the winner of both those events, actually this year for the first time, gets an invitation to the Mazda Road to Indy $200,000 scholarship oh, wow. shootout for right. USF 2000. Right. Oh, okay. Mm, yeah. And uh, our guys are getting invitation automatically bid to that. Right. So that's what Oliver Askew won last year. Yeah. Okay. And that got him 200000 to get into USF 2000, which he then won. Yeah. Right. So he has now earned himself another $325,000 to move on up to Pro Mazda next year. Right. Yeah. Um, mm. So, um, you know, it, it's, uh, it, it is pretty competitive and becoming more so because people think, ah, you know, I can get an invitation to maybe win $200,000 and it's yeah. not, you know, for minimal cost. Yeah. How do yeah. you keep this funded? That's the thing I've never been able to well, understand. Look, I mean, in the early days, it was just, it was, you know, Rick Gallus put in a, a couple of thousand dollars. Sure. Two or three other people did the same right. thing. And they're, and they're it's not exactly a marketing it. return, exactly. So it's got to be guys who it, are sort it, of it's, angel it's investors. It's people who want to yeah. give back to, yeah. to the sport. Yeah. And that's right. exactly why I do it. That's my yeah. way of giving back to right. the sport. Right. And that's what all of these guys right. yeah. approach it. Obviously, you don't have the means to write checks for these no. guys to do it. Hey, so, hey, hey. so Look where we are. I, that's a good He's point. He's doing fine. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jeremy Shaw has got the check. But like, is it the same group of guys? I mean, do you constantly have to drum up every year? Well, that's a good thing. I mean, back in the early days, Rick Helped out for a few years. Yeah. Steve Horn got on it. Right. Stephen Christine Horn at Tasman, and they 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 were a major sponsor for several years. But sure. And Valvoline did it for quite a few years right. until they had a, and they loved it. Yeah, they, they would put in five or ten thousand dollars, and yeah. and um, and they, it was the Valvoline Team USA scholarship. Right. And then they had a change of marketing guy, and a new guy came in. Yeah. And he, he said, Usual yeah, story. Yeah. 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 Right. He wasn't he wasn't a racer. Right. Right. The, the the other guys are racers. Yeah. Right. And th this is their way of giving back a little bit. I mean, for for most of these companies. It's it's less of a than a cost of a, a nice meal yeah. for, for a exactly. few guests. Seriously. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Nobody puts in you know a lot of money. Yeah. It's all little bits and pieces. But thankfully, there's two or three people who've, who've who are in no questions asked. You know, Road Racing Drivers Club has been a big part of it now for a lot a lot of right. years, and and you know, members chipping a little bit towards it, and then the, and then about mm. what ten years ago now. I got roped into or decided or whatever to <laughs> hold a dinner yeah. at the Long Beach Grand yep. Prix weekend. And our first guest of honor was Dan Gurney. Yeah. And, and this is the famous RRDC dinner that yeah, happens every it's, Thursday it's, it's before fun. the race. It's, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's cool. Yeah. Um, and, and right, I mean, you know, because we've had some great names, Roger Penske, Dan Gurney, Pomelli Jones, 
Jim Hall, yeah. uh, and all these all these people, and and that now is the major major funder yeah. because yeah. now we've got some sponsorship in there, and uh, all all the money, all the proceeds from it go towards helping both Safe is Fast, which is a really cool driver development uh, website run by the by the Road Racing Drivers Club. And SAFE is an acronym for Skilled, Assured, Fit and Empowered. Ah, okay. Uh, okay. SAFE is fast. Yeah. And, and it's a whole bunch of video tutorials. Yeah. It's a brilliant website. Right. And not, not just if you want to be a driver. If you want to be PR, mechanic, engineer, whatever. There's, there's the videos on there. Right. And it's really cool. And so we, we're promoting that. Yeah, and the, the RRDC dinner is the equivalent of a red carpet yeah. event. Yeah. If you're in motorsports, yeah, and and everybody works together on it. That's yeah. the cool thing about, it. and that's the thing about the scholarship too. Everybody, everybody wants to chip in a little bit, right? Yeah. So the website's teamusascholarship.org. Yep. Do you guys take donations on that? Like, like what if our listeners want to help fund a kid? They, go they, do they, stuff. They, they, they send. A, there's a link on there. I think that okay. sends an email to me, and I say thank you very much. Yes. Okay. Cool. And I've had a couple, of, you know, a couple of people this year, and we take anything. You know, I mean, yeah. everything helps. Right. Everything helps, and if and if if anybody wants to help, one of the, one of the one of the kids in particular. I mean, one of the guys this year, Aaron Johnson. He lives. He he, he is really humble. Okay. And he's from Louisiana, and literally he lives in a trailer. Really. Wow. Uh, and he has he's no committed. money, but he's yeah. got a fantastic personality, and people want to help him. Yeah. So if anybody wants help, they just go on there, and you know, and, and anything go. You can go to him to help with his expenses over there. Right. Because the the deal is, I pay for all the racing car stuff. They pay for their for their way there. Yeah. And uh, and for their cost of living when they get over there, but they generally stay with the Dempseys, so right. that doesn't cost too much. It's, yeah, it's cool. So yes, that's so, how they can help. So I got to ask. Anything helps. Uh, <laughs> so 28 years you've been doing this. Yeah. Two drivers get to advance, which means Normally. that 10, a dozen drivers every year for 28 years get rejected, and you're crushing dreams. <laughs> there <laughs> has to be like an awful sports dad story that we don't know about. Like a meltdown. I demand names. <laughs> Not really. I mean, yes, I've, tur I've, I've turned down several kids over the year, but I mean, it, it, it's pretty apparent, generally speaking, at the end of the shootout or whatever, there's right. two or three With guys who are yeah, right. pretty so much. So there's never been like one dad who's like, no, that's bullshit. My kid was this. Or like, you've never Not had that I, dad? Not that I can remember. Really? No. We had, no. I mean, there's various ones that have been, you know, that haven't made the cut. Right. Uh, but they've gone on to have great careers for sure. the other road. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Alexander Rossi, for example, Scott Speed, right. he made the Formula One. Right. Yeah. He was, he was on the shortlist one year. Um, I think that was the year AJ Allmendinger and Brian Sellers were, actually, yeah. if I remember rightly, yeah. but that might be wrong. Um, and I'm, I'm happy for them. Great. Right. You know, they, they just, for whatever reason, they weren't Team USA type people yeah. at that particular time. Right. But even the people that, Reject them. Several of them come back a year later, and 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 maybe win it. That yeah. that's happened several times over the right. years. Um, because I mean, I, I, like I always say to them, even if I can't do anything for them, right? Specifically, I'm always there to help them any way I can. If I can open a door, or introduce them to somebody, happy to do it. So before they ever get a, in the car, a dozen or so sit in front of a panel. Yeah. Fifteen guys like you sitting the there grilling them one at a time. And yet Andy Lally made the cut. Yes, yeah, somehow. That, how did this happen? I can't remember. <laughs> well, he's got a great personality, hasn't he? So I mean, I can't. Uh, I can't <laughs> remember. I can't remember that year whether we had a, uh, a shootout. We might not have had a shootout. Oh, that so year. at that point no. it was like, I was just, just let, let, let this kid go. He's from Long Island. He must be struggling. 
Just the fact he was from Long Island. That's yeah, fair enough. I like that you tried for the accent. I like it. Yeah, the cool thing is, for many years, a lot of the a lot of the program was actually funded by former winners. Yeah. Jimmy Vassar, Brian Herder, right. all the guys who went on to be successful, particularly AJ Allmendinger, and and even Jerry for a little while. Nadu, they, they all put money back in yeah. to help the next. Yeah. It's a bit more difficult nowadays because oftentimes they don't make, yeah. make the same sort of money as, yeah. they, as they were making 20 right. years ago. Yeah, right. but, um, but still, yeah, they'll, they'll all, if I ask them to do anything, they'll jump. Yeah. In the last couple of years, there's been five or six Team USA guys in the Indy 500. And I asked them to kind of get to, they, you know, they had the, the full field drivers meeting before the start. Right. And um, so they do all that. Now I, I have a word with Mark. I'd love to get a picture of just the five or six of you together. No they problem. always do. Yeah. That's cool. Oh, that's really uh, which cool. is really cool because you, you know it's like there's a scrum. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So our last guest was uh, is somebody that's highly confidential. Uh, we we literally are not telling anyone who we sat down yeah. with on what is that Thursday? <laughs> yeah. So we've made. Uh, I sent this to my lawyers. We've we have a an NDA. That we that we needed to sign, and we've never done this before. Um, right. So if you don't mind signing this, that you will not repeat. Right. We'll take a photo of this. Yes, but uh, yes, it's a very a legal binding legal document, binding document right. right there. It's on uh, a corgi binder. Yeah. It's on a corgi binder. That's fine. I, that, I mean, that's the one thing I've I've done. It, the one thing I pr the other thing I pride myself is honesty and integrity. So if somebody tells me something in confidence, and that's why another reason why I'm not a proper journalist. <laughs> because people tell, tell me things in confidence and I will quite happily keep that right. confidence yeah, yeah. In, the, in the full knowledge that somewhere down the line it's going to pay off sure yeah. I 100% agree sick with sick burn okay so uh, the reason we had to have you sign an right. NDA is because our pass along question uh, comes from none other than Scott Tucker Scott Tucker yeah, yeah. Okay. that's Scott Tucker okay who we traveled? Who actually helped our program for you? Yes, did he? he did. Yeah. Um, he couldn't remember who, but he said he thinks he sponsored one of your drivers once. He helped. He helped us out. He gave me some money for the for the for the whole program. Yeah, right. Two years. One yeah. or two years. So uh, we were really fortunate to get to have uh, an it, exclusive with him. With a, with a no, 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 he's not in no, jail. He's fine. Yeah, yeah, no, we were at an Irish pub. Yep. On Wall Street, he showed up wearing a more expensive suit than probably yeah. any yeah. all my clothes combined. He had a driver, which he we had a driver in a car waiting on him. Uh, he had yeah. an iPad and an iPhone, and looked like he couldn't be concerned about anything. Yeah. So I'm following. Yeah, you yeah. are following it's up, Scott job. Tucker. Okay. Uh, but yeah, that, to yeah, your but point, that, we literally I, didn't think. We literally like, like he's not showing up. Yeah, literally to the minute he showed up, he's like he's not coming. Why? We're just here for the story. So. Here is the Scott Tucker pass along question for Jeremy Shaw. He said, what are you going to do when you retire from racing? <laughs> what do you do outside of racing? Is that the I'm never going to uh, retire from no, racing? I yeah. <laughs> no, <clue. laughs> Is there life out of racing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, thank you very much for the question, first of all. Um, I can't see myself retiring number one because I'm having too much fun doing it yeah and number two because I'm never going to earn enough money I don't have any any uh, I do have some savings built up but I don't have a, a, retirement. a uh, retirement fund I don't have a pension I don't have anything right. like that so yeah. um, it's gonna be awfully difficult to retire and that's one of the things I've tried not to think about over the last 30 or sure. 40 years Understood. yeah I know a lot of drivers um, doing the same thing yeah, yeah it's, uh, uh, it's a tough one we also, uh, Parker Kligerman actually had a question for you as well, because 
we didn't think Scott Tucker would show, so we had Parker ask one. And uh, his, I don't yeah. know if you have it written. His was, uh, of all the drivers you've seen through the scholarship, mm. who is the best that didn't make it, and why didn't they make it? Um, you know, <laughs> without, without the word of a lie, Parker is one of the guys I would have loved to have been able to help, yeah. actually. But he was always too young. Yeah. Um, because he was, I think he was 14 when he was doing the former TR series right. out, out here. Yeah. And you have to be 16 to race in yeah, the UK. So I think he was too young. Yeah. So, so uh, he, he had the right personality. Loved the, loved the kid. Yeah. He's just great. Yeah. Really enjoyed him. We're big fans. Yeah. yeah he was he cool. should be. He was, he was really a really cool, cool guy. Yeah. So I think the interpretation, like, let's assume for a second, we'll use somebody we know, Andy. Yeah. Right. Um, Andy did make it, right? He's right. making a full career. But let's say yeah. Andy went through your program, did well or whatever, right. but then just didn't ever get a job after that right. like is there an example of that who's riding a tractor right now yeah that maybe should have could have been a great but right just yeah. didn't. well i mean i mean the kid i picked a couple of years ago Mackay stevens i have him written down um he might be he i reckon is one of the most naturally gifted guys i've ever come across and i've I, i've been around this sport now for 40 odd years yep. i've paid attention to it for longer than that and so and i i saw nigel mansell's second ever race in a formula ford pair I saw Ayrton Senna's second ever Formula Ford race in the UK. Missed his first one, I saw the second one. Um, Alan Prost I saw at early stage in his career. They'd all done, they'd all done lots of karting yeah. before they went racing. Mackay had done nothing. Yeah. I mean, absolutely nothing. First of all, he decided, I'm going to go to college, desi university, design myself a racing car, then I'm going to be able to drive that because I've designed it. <laughs> and he, after a year, he figured, ah, oh, well, perhaps that's not going to work. So he then right. started Googling around. He found Skip Barber Racing School. So he went to the Skip Barber. He saved up some money, went to the Skip Barber School, and they had a scholarship for drivers that had no prior racing experience. So that's what he set his eyes on. He actually didn't win it the first year, so he didn't do any racing. Came back the following year, did win it. So won a season of racing in, Formula Four, in uh, Skip Barber cars. And right away, he started winning races. And the instructors were on to me, you've got to look at this kid, Mackay Stevens. And so I invited him. Do you want the whole story on what he did? I, yeah. I do. I actually have him written down because I, I think you sent him to talk to me once. Probably. And I've always been interested in yeah. what, what his deal is. So, so I heard, heard all about this kid. Yeah. Okay, let me find out what he's all about. So we're racing the IndyCar week. IndyCars were at Milwaukee on the mile. Mm -hmm. And I'm there. And so I call him up. He lives in Chicago. Illinois, yeah, exactly. Evan, Evanston. Great. So... I called him and said, do you want to go to the IndyCar weekend? I mean, if, I, if, I'd, if I'd have been there, I'd have had to count my fingers probably because, oh, yes, please. Yeah, right, right. So I said, okay, fine. So he drove up with his dad and um, spent the day, it was the Friday probably, mm -hmm. uh, at, at the race meeting, and he dressed nicely. Yep. Um, he's the right shape, the right size. As I turned out, the right sort of personality yeah. to become a proper racing driver takes it super serious he was taking notes even then right on everything that he did i thought oh, that's impressive so invited on to the interview thing blew through that yep. invited him to a shootout and there were some good guys that year kenton cook was one of the guys yeah. kenton's really really good yes he is but Mackay was quicker than him and it, he'd never all he'd ever driven was a skippy car right and we're running alan, the alan berg racing school and he wasn't the quickest Mackay. But I think his fastest lap was a tenth of a second off of Aaron Tielitz. Oh, okay. Who, yeah. But wow. that stage he's done a you know, reasonable amount of karting. Right. He'd won the F-1600 right. championship, come to Skip Barber. 
Um, and and Mackay, on average, was probably maybe half a second down, but his fastest lap was within a tenth of a second. Right. right. And we looked at all the data, and we went spent you know, days looking through yeah. it all, and said, so we've got to take this kid. Yeah. We've just yeah. got to do it. He hasn't got any money. He hasn't got a hope in hell yeah. of getting anywhere. Right. But he's earned this opportunity. We've yeah. got to take him. Got to Brands Hatch. Did a, did a fair bit of, well, actually, did a fair bit of testing. Also, we tried to get him in a little club race meeting in Alton Park the sure. previous weekend, and he crashed it. So um. he damaged the car, and it wasn't repairable for that day. So that was the end of that. Yeah, one. right. So we get to Brands Hatch, and he's, you know, he's pretty quick. Uh, doing a very respectable job, and then he has a shunt in qualifying. Somebody cut across him, just took him out. Yeah. Not his fault at all. Um, so he has to start at the back of his heat race, sort of 28th, and yet the first 14 go through, flew through the field, got up to 12th, and came up behind a guy called Rick Morris. And finally, Mackay pulls this beautiful move around the outside at Clearwedge, which is a rising, tightening right-hander, goes over a crest, yeah. and then the road falls away as a gravel trap on the outside, and really tricky corner. Past someone around the outside of there, particularly some of the experience of Rick Morris, is 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 yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah. Well, Rick gets a wheel on the curb on the inside, throws the car sideways, hits Mackay's rear wheel and spins him out. Right. So, another crash. Yeah. So that was the end of his festival. So in two days, he's had two accidents. Yeah. Put, put my arm around you, you'll, you'll do much better next weekend. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this is, I knew this was going to be a tall order. You know, this is a real stretch. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I know he'll do better next weekend. Well, we get to Silverstone and cut a long story short, there's 115 cars there and they go through three, three qualify, two qualifying races into the final and he finishes third nice. in Jeez. the final. Yeah. And I'm watching that whole day with Dario Franchitti. Ask Dario. Yeah. And we're watching each other because you know, he's there mentoring a couple of Scottish guys one of which is his, his uh, godson and we, we were looking at each other thinking what have we got here I mean just astonishing yeah done no racing at all no karting no nothing the yeah. kid can drive yeah he's got it and, um, and I'd, so I'd love to see him in a car yeah because he has absolute untapped talent we have a dinner coming up with Alwyn Springer who is the uh, Porsche motorsport god. He was... Absolutely the right word. Long-time, you know, major influencer of the entire program. Any question you he could think to program. ask him, what would it be? First of all, Alvin, have a great time. <laughs> Don't know how you can do that. No, no, no. It's been fantastic fun. Um, Alvin, I really admire what you've done. Funnily enough, he, he, his shop and dial and then Porsche Motorsports North America was right around the corner from On Track Magazine when I first came over here. So I got to know him fairly early on. It's one of the nicest people in the sport, Alvin. Thanks for being such a great, great guy and down to earth. But look, I thought you retired from this job years ago. Yet every time I go to a race meeting, and it's not just the IMSA events, there you are. Is it just you can't keep away? What, it, what is it that keeps you going, keep, keeping working so busy after all these years? Let's go back to the, uh, the earlier days in your career when you were in the UK. Right. Um, was it clear when Senna showed up that yeah. he was the guy? Yeah. No Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Right away. You see just intensity. Yeah. yeah. And because, um, you know, a lot of people were just having fun in those days. And Tommy Byrne, for example, the same year. 
Yeah. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know whether you've seen Crash and Burn. No, he no. sent it to us. <laughs> Has he? Well, we're going to go see him in two weeks. He sent oh, us a DVD. Brilliant. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, so. I mean, give us a good time. I mean, <laughs> talk, about, talk, we'll yeah, talk, talk yourself out of more rise than you talk, talk yourself into. Yeah. Yeah, he's the perfect model for that. I haven't seen the movie yet, unfortunately. I haven't even read the book. But um, I got that. I got a copy if you want. I'd love <laughs> it, actually. Yes, please. Um, but I don't get time to read books. How do people get time to read books? Oh, airplanes. Yeah, I'm that's, asleep that's on airplanes nowadays. I can't wish I, I could. I just, yeah. I just go to sleep. I mean, I just slept through the takeoff coming back <laughs> yesterday from uh, Atlanta. Thing, but yeah, no, it was, it was absolutely apparent right from the right from the start. Yeah. This guy was going to get to, to right. the top, and, and it was the same for me for Nigel Mansell too. Which, funnily enough, it took him a lot longer yeah. to get on there. And the the, the, the guy at Autosport is still at Autosport. Nigel Roebuck is yeah. one of their main contributors. He was saying, Jeremy, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, he, he went on for years and years, literally years and years. About you know, he was just—he's just a crybaby, he's a whiner, he's a this and that and the other. Said so he's bloody talented, t- and finally he got in the in the Lotus and you know broke his back for the 18th time <laughs> and bounced back. And you know when he came over here, I mean the guy was sensational. Yeah, yeah. yeah, superstar. Yeah. So let's talk. It's a fun bit. to see people like that at the early stage of their career. And Joseph well, Newgarden was another one. It, right. was, it was plain right from the start. He was. And that's kind of what I want to ask you is like biggest turnaround you've seen out of some of the kids you worked with, you know, and, and that could be good or bad. You know, has anybody gone from one kid that then 10 years later you're like, wow, you're not at all what I remember? No. Yeah. Not really, I don't think. Honestly, I think they've all gone. There's a few that you haven't made the most of their opportunities probably, but um, no, most of them have done sort of kind of what I expected. Uh-huh. And most of the guys, there's a, like I said, there's a few that haven't got the opportunities they might have done. But most of them have, yeah. because because you know I like to think that we collectively do our homework. And we pick the guys that have got a fighting chance of getting somewhere. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, you, you, Joey Hands, you know, Andy Lally, Phil Giebler, you know, he, he was one of the guys. He was really good as well. He, he won the Rookie of the Year at Indy, mm-hmm. uh, but wasn't able to, to to carry on as a racing driver. But you know, he's still now mentoring young kids yeah, in karting down here. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's a few like that that have, you know, not made the most made the most of it, but not f- through any failing of their own. Really, just sort of kind of circumstances. Okay. So let's get into Jeremy Shaw, the race car driver. Well, that won't take long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you, it's funny. The funny thing is, when I first started out in the sport, I was at school, at a boarding school just up the road from Silverstone. Okay. And in boarding school, you think, well, that's going to be lots of money. Well, it wasn't, actually, because it was a state school. Okay. And it was a, it was a fairly rare thing. It's called a grammar school in the UK. I think you have grammar schools over here, too. Uh, I It was a public school, i.e., what you would call here a public school, which shouldn't... Anyhow, right. So, so I went, and it was just... <laughs> so you were going to Silver school. Right. So I'm, I'm at school in the boarding house. <laughs> it's a mixed... Mix, I was at school at Silverstone. There we go. And I spent there all my go. time yeah. up at the racetrack, <laughs> okay. pretty much. I, it, was, it, was, it was boarders and day pupils. So some kids would, would come in every day and, and live at home. Uh-huh. And one of these kids, one of the kids had a car, well, sort of a car. It was a Reliant Robin. Oh, wow. It was a three-wheeler thing yeah. with holes yeah. in the floorboards. It yep. was a death trap. Top Gear yeah. fans will yeah. love it. And, um, and, so, and he, was a, he was a race fan because he lived there. And I was always in, interested in racing, but I didn't really know much about it. Well, he took me up up to the track once twice and then and one of the things we did at, 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 as part of the school was the air training corps which is sort of basic basic military training you know, cadets yeah, okay. yeah cadets. Sure. 
and um, and I thought and I heard about that. And I thought, Great, because what they did, what they one of their duties for the air training corps in uh, in that area was park the planes at Silverstone during the ra big race meetings. Yeah, brilliant. I can get a free ticket. I can yeah. get in. Yeah. So so I did. You know, we did the squad yourself and marching up and down and cleaning guns and all that sort of stuff. And I'd get a pass to go to Silverstone, and I'd spend the first couple of hours parking airplanes for people like Graham Hill yeah. when you're waving them in and yeah. Yeah, I wasn't wasn't I wasn't actually wasn't air traffic control right, exactly, yeah, but the, it, was, it, it was all grass runways well yeah. they let them park on the grass and just make sure they were parked in the right place yeah did that for a couple of hours then I'd beetle off and go and have a <laughs> look around and watch the racing when I when I first started getting involved in this sport I I had no inclination even to be a race car driver I mean I, it was just so far out of the realm we didn't have any money. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't have a car. Didn't have. Didn't have. I didn't have. Didn't even have a proper road license. Right. Because my father was disabled, and um, he had an automatic car, which in in the UK was pretty rare. What was he? Dis well, how was he disabled? Yeah, polio when he was. Oh wow! Just after I was born, actually. Yeah. Um, in the hospital for a year and yeah. never walked again. Probably he wasn't in a wheelchair, but he would get around on, on crutches. Sure, sure. And so it wasn't very mobile. But yeah, other than that, yeah great guy yeah. fantastic guy and um, <clears throat> so he had uh, a automatic car so I, I when, when I was old enough to learn to drive I started driving on the automatic car and I took my license on an automatic car well in England you can do that and you can drive on the roads pass, pass your test because mm -hmm. you have a proper driver test in the UK <laughs> yeah right unlike right. over here clearly and um, <laughs> and so I took my license took you know passed, passed it and, but I couldn't drive. I wasn't allowed to drive a manual car, even if I could. And I couldn't because I didn't have one, didn't know how it would. So, so that's what I did for the first few years. And I had you know, friends who had cars and they'd drive me to the races or I'd hitchhike or whatever yeah. it was. And, and then I think the first time I drove a racing car was in 1977. And I, I was working with Autosport and I arranged for a test of the top three Formula Ford cars that year. Okay. That's Netflix. And we had the top, the, we had the, the Royale, the Van Diemen, and, and, the, and the Crosley. They were the top three cars that year. I'm going to give a novice opinion because that, that was the year, we, uh, that, that was probably the year that uh, Willie T was there doing the Dunlop Autosports Star of Tomorrow Championship. Right. Just for novices, for, for newcomers, rookies. And Derek Daly, who'd won the previous year's Formula Ford Festival and went on to win that year's Formula 3 Championship was clearly on his way to Formula 1 he was going to give the expert opinion on these three cars so we roll up at Sneston off we go I get into the Royale and I have and I've, I've by this time I know how to shift gears <laughs> I mean, but, but not much more than that and I spun the car on most of the corners going at sort of half speed and I got out of the car didn't hit anything thank God because I couldn't have afforded it right, right. and the magazine sure as I wasn't going to pay yeah, for it never heard the end of it <laughs> so I got out of the car and I was thinking oh, this is not a good idea I am in way over my head can't I can't you know just, just silly I'm going to crash a car can't yeah. do that and Peter Argetsinger said Jeremy said he said the Royale is the most difficult car to drive he, he, he driven when he knew what he was talking about right. he said hop in the Crosley because it's just it's user friendly it, it talks to you. The Royale is a great car, but it's, a, it's, it's got to be driven by people who know what the hell they're doing, mm -hmm. which I didn't. 
So I said, no, I, you know, I, I, I don't want to, uh, no, I, I can't do that because I, I, I just don't feel like I can do it justice and you know, I, I don't want to crash it because he was, he was their penniless, he was a, literally the penniless American who was doing it on a shoestring yeah. and competing with all the big, big guys. So no, 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 thanks, thanks very much. He said, and he was absolutely insistent yeah. that I get in his car and I did and, and I wasn't on the pace but I didn't crash it and I got a great feel for the car yeah. and I absolutely loved it yeah. and then I drove the Van Diemen and we did the story and it was a fun story and, and I thought crocky this is pretty damn good fun isn't it <laughs> and through that test being in the magazine in autosport every now and again I get people calling up and saying Jeremy do you want to drive my car right, you do a right. track test for the magazine finally got an opportunity to do a race which was a it was a sort of kind of celebrity race they had this fleet of cars run from Brands Hatch and they had a media race and they invited me to do a media race. So we went out to Sneston again, and, and I qualified fourth. I think right ahead or behind of Peter, Win Peter Windsor was in the race. And I've got all my braking markers all picked out around the track. You know, first race, yeah. hadn't, really hadn't driven much at all at that stage. And so we take the start, great, start goes well, get up to the first corner, and all of a sudden there's three guys still, because the cars are identical. Yeah, right. And there's three guys in front of me, Oh, okay, well, that's interesting. That's the first time I'd raced with other people. I'd just been one on my own before that. So what happens now? So I looked across expecting to see the guy alongside me, and he wasn't there. I thought, oh, that's good. So I pulled, pulled across and got the line through the corner. And, yeah. and uh, turns out the guy alongside me had selected reverse gear at the start. <laughs> oh, so wow. when the flag <laughs> came down, he went backwards. I didn't know that, but I wondered why there was a gap. Right. <laughs> and my brother was on the, on the pit, pit wall. He got a great photograph. Of, this, of, this, of everybody taking off except this guy going backwards and the guy who runs the <laughs> run the cars had his head in his, head, right. head in his hand thinking oh no Here we go. there was no shunt and he carried on so I got to the end of the back straight and there's three cars directly in front of me and um, begin, you know, we get down towards the end of the straight I'm thinking crash where do I brake because I can't see my braking mark there's a tuft <laughs> of grass there. on yeah, the yeah, side yeah, of the road right. which I couldn't see of course now <laughs> didn't, 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 never thought about that before yeah so they all break, and I slam on the brakes, and I think it goes completely sideways, and I'm completely broadside going through the S's at Snesson. And there's a guy called Mike Dixon who's still taking a photograph, so he's got this great picture, which they ran in the magazine, of me completely sideways, yeah. and guys going off to avoid me. And the, and the marshal is already beginning to throw Brilliant. the yellow flag. <laughs> <laughs> and if I find him now, I'll bloody... I'll, I'll, you know, I never, I didn't spin. Yeah, that was my line. <laughs> that was my line. So I, yeah. I lost about 50 yards to guys in front. I ended up finishing fourth, but it was great fun, and I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Then I got an offer to drive a a, a couple of um, saloon cars, yeah. sedans, in basically pr production saloon type things. Right. So um, you know, showroom stock. Yeah. And went really, really well, and and I had a few races with that. We did the 24 hours at Snetterton, which was. It was so much fun. It was me, um, a guy called John Cleland, who went on to win several British Touring Car Championships. Yep. Barry Williams, Wizzo Williams, who's <laughs> a legend. He started off in rallying, won the Welsh Rally one year, top class you know, saloon car driver. Yeah. And he's still doing vintage stuff now, well into his 70s, fabulous guy. And the, third, the fourth driver was a guy called Eddie Jordan. Hmm. Yeah, okay. We went on to uh, <laughs> do Formula Three at the time, so he was our Formula Three ace. Right. Went on to run a Formula One team, of course, and, and, and became Eddie Jordan. So, yeah. so, so it was it was it was an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman, <laughs> and a Welshman sharing yeah. this car. And we did 24 hours at Snetterton, 
and we're all the way through the race we had this fabulous battle with the Brundles huh. Martin his brother Robin who ran Lola yeah. for, for some years not too long ago and their dad uh, John who was a car dealer and you know, racer yeah. and we had this long battle all the way through it was fantastic fun we had a radio in the car which Ooh, is, nobody had a radio fancy, yeah, yeah. it was a CB yeah. radio oh my wow. god <laughs> and, and so it has a, a little microphone thing on a, on a wibbly wobbly line yeah, that right. goes to a cradle hanging on the cradle yeah. well that's on the dash we've got bolted the dash well you could barely reach it when you were strapped in yeah. and you could sort of what you had to do was to move your shoulders around knock the cradle off so that so you're on the dingle down the thing and then weave the car so it would start yeah. swinging and then you'd grab it when it came into, sure. into view yeah. and you'd go past the pits and you'd hold it up to the pit crew so they, they would then so they would know you're about to talk <laughs> they would then run back to the transport rooms in the paddock you know just you know, 50 yards away right. and then and then we'd talk we'd key it yeah. talk on the back straight and you couldn't hear anything inside the race car because <laughs> it was just a speaker on a dash you right. know, race car you can go away so when you come past the pits you get a thumbs up a thumbs down or a what right. the f- are you talking about? <laughs> Lewis Hamilton told a story just like that on Top Gear like <laughs> six weeks ago. <laughs> CB and all. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Oh, yeah, no, the, it, was, it, worked, it worked really well, actually. Yeah. The problem was the back straight was alongside the A11, which is the main road to, to oh, the, right, yeah. the yeah. east. So you're to talking the to truckers, right? You're talking yeah. to truckers all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that old chest. I, I mean, heard you that don't story. get stories like that anymore. <laughs> no. Not at all. <laughs> so, so how do you end up racing in the in the, the truck series here in SCCA? Yeah, I did, so, did a couple of truck. Well, I got to know the Archer brothers. Yeah, no, probably clear, through Steve Potter. Like camping world trucks. This is the old no, no. SCCA. Yeah, this is the old truck. SCCA race truck. Race truck challenge. Yeah, 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 yeah. in the sort of middle right. to late eighties. If right. you listen to the Max Jones episode or yeah. the PD Cunningham episode, yeah. they both talked about racing it in that fantastic. series as well. I yeah. mean, all all everybody who made a pickup truck had a factory team in that series. Yeah, right. And, uh, and the archers ran the jeeps, and you know, Max was in this end. Yeah. And, um, and I, I'd, I'd known them probably through Steve Potter, who knew the archers really, really well. And we did some, I did some ice races with yeah. them up in, uh, uh, with PD actually, yeah. up in the frozen lakes. Makes sense. I did, I did two or three races with them. Man, that was seriously good fun. Yeah. And I drove, I drove, what else did I drive for the archers? I think I drove, probably just that. Anyway, they asked me, would I like to do a, uh, truck race yeah right <laughs> and um so i did uh i think it was river i think riverside was first can't remember honestly can't remember i think it was riverside I did riverside and with with the uh, with bump drafting yeah right you'd pick up five or six seconds a lap oh wow bump right okay. and so they're telling me before we go out you know just just run into the back of me when you come down straight you, know, you get a big toe just hit the back of me so I said, okay, fine. So we went out there, and, and all of a sudden, I'm doing 10 miles an hour. I'm going to slam into the guy. Yeah, right. I, I ease right off, and I just sort of tap him. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we got the hang of that. We, we, it was great fun. And there's three of us. There's yeah. two brothers, Tommy and Bobby, and me. And you know, the, and all the other teams have got teammates as well. And they're all, everyone's working together. Yeah. So you've got these trains of sort of three trucks. Well, finally, I came around turn nine, and uh, at Riverside, which is the old bank corner. Right, Fantastic right. corner. And um, came around there, yeah. I mean, not going very quickly because the cars weren't very, right, right. Weren't very fast, but I got punted by Scott Sharp <laughs> and uh, spun off and that, that was the end of that one. So anyway, but I got a chance to come back again and I did St. Pete, which was the final race in the championship. Right. And the, 
Max Jones had already won the drivers' championship right. for Nissan, but the manufacturers' championship was still up for grabs. And basically, it was whoever finished ahead, Nissan or Jeep. Because I think they were, Nissan and Jeep, I think, were tied on points going into the final race. And so we do all the practice and qualifying, and I managed to qualify on pole, which sounds good. And I mean, it's just a really good driver in the yeah, field. I mean, it's a sure. top quality field. Sure. I qualified on pole. Now, I need to, need to say here that the trick, they used to invert the right. top eight. Right, so right. the trick was to try and be eighth. And I was eighth. <laughs> so I started on the pole with Pete Holzman <laughs> alongside right. me oh, wow. in a factory Ford. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And th there was a, one of the Mitsubishis. But, um, and the race, the race was at night. The race oh. was in the evening. It was That's dark. cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Fun run the streets of St. Pete. Right. And um, so we, we, we take the start. And I got a really good start. Timed it perfectly. Got the jump on Pete. Led the first three or four laps with Pete, me, me, Pete, um, t and two other guys, memories fading. And we pulled away from the rest of the pack and he punted me going through what is now turn four, the right hand at the end of the, you know, the straight, you remember where Fitzy died? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of that straight, the right and then the left. Then it was really narrow, that little section through the, through the right, off turn four, it was a really tight section. Yeah. Well, he punted me going in there and I lost it, spun around, and the whole track is blocked, and everybody piles in. Right, right. And there's a huge wreck, yellow comes out, I'm stalled, facing the wrong way, thinking, oh dear, <laughs> not good. And the whole field, you know, everybody goes past, and I get pushed away, pushed out, right. and I'm at the back of the pack. And, and which is, you know, that's not significant, because the archers are the ones going for the championship. Right. Except for the fact, they're both out of the race. Ah, mm. And we did have a radio in those days, and they got on the phone to me saying, okay, Jeremy, it's up to you. <laughs> I thought, oh, great, thank you very much. Yeah. Anyhow, it, turned, it turns out that most of the drivers in a race have probably never driven at night before. Well, I'd done a few 24-hour races at that sure. stage, and I, I was using all the track. Well, with the concrete walls inside the track and the lights behind, the, the, the street lights, which is all it was behind, they cast a shadow right. against the wall. And, you know, and, and it, it's, it was immediately apparent as I was working my way through the field yeah. that these other guys, they, they, they either couldn't see that or, or, or were spooked by it or I don't know what, but I was flying. Yeah. And um, I got the fastest lap of the race. Nice. And I, I came all the way through, I don't know how many trucks were in the field, 20, 20 probably. Right. And I got all, all the way up to Max, who was sixth. And he'd won the championship already. I yeah. caught up with him, passed everybody else, caught up with him and um, passed him. So we were going to win the manufacturer championship. Yeah. Fantastic. Except that Don Devendorf, who was his teammate, and Electromotive, he ran the factory Nissan. The Nissan really GTV clever program. guy. Yeah. And, a, and, a, and a, you know, a really good driver. Well, he, his car had been involved in the wreck. His truck had been involved in the wreck. So they sent it, but they got it so it would run. And he sent him out on the racetrack with the sole intention of getting me out of the way. <laughs> Because I was nice. the only Jeep that okay, was in, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, points. Yeah. Got to take out Shaw. Take out Shaw. Yeah. Which he did. So I came up on him going through that kink, which had now turned nine. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And there was a chicane before that uh -huh. th in those days. It was a slightly, slightly longer run before that. And we cut to the kink, and he just parked me against the wall. I mean, he just drove me into the wall. Yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, I, I, I virtually came to a halt, and Max <laughs> went past. Um, and so there were a couple of other people, and, and then and then Don blocked me for another sort of few. And I finally 
you know, got past him. Yeah. I had to catch Max again, which I did. Yeah. And I passed him, and we won. And Jeep won. <laughs> no way. Jumped. Yeah, it's probably my <laughs> proudest moment. I must admit, it was just a sort of variety of circumstances. Did you ever? But it was tremendous. Did you ever talk to David Dorff after that? Big party. No, I don't speak to him again. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. And the, I was so pissed at the end of the race. I mean, you know, everybody was thrilled because we had a big piss up that night. Right. <laughs> but but there was a, there was a they had an award. I think it was fifty bucks. For the driver of the race, yeah, and they also Jeremy. That's got to be you. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking, oh, yeah, you know, great. It's got to be me. <laughs> they gave it to Devendorf <laughs> for driving this beaten piece of <laughs> shit and driving me off the road. Took you Not out. once, but twice. Right, they did it. right. And, they, and I, was, I was apoplectic. I mean, apoplectic. Fifty bucks. Like, I'm going to get fifty bucks out of it. Right. And I didn't get a bean, but we did have a good night. I must admit. If you're listening and you have a chance. <laughs> You got to go to YouTube and just look SCCA race truck. And there's like 50 of these old videos from like Brainerd, Sears Point, when it was still Sears Point, Road Atlanta. And the the racing is fantastic because you guys are like working together, bump drafting, and there's like 12 12 trucks in a pack. It's really, really cool. Jeff Krosnoff, dear Jeff Krosnoff, stay hungry. Um, He drove one of those the the following year, and we persuaded him him to – we were out, actually, I think it was on his stag night, actually. We we parting away, and we persuaded him to carry an, an onboard camera, yeah. which was an Instamatic camera, which he had in the dash <laughs> panel oh of wow. his truck. Yeah. And he would, li- during the races, because they were fairly slow, certainly yeah. yeah. what he was used to, and he would take pictures. He'd point it backwards. He's a little bit like winding and it and <laughs> taking photos. and <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Look at look up the old Cal Club magazine. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh-huh. That's awesome. That's awesome fantastic. Guy. Fabulous guy. So what would you say is the fastest race car you've ever driven? Oh, the IndyCar. Right. Well, so now I drove a few IndyCars. Okay. Explain the Robbie Gordon IndyCar. That was cool. Yeah. Why? How? Um, well, because because I guess Derek Walker thought it was a good, could be a good <laughs> idea and um, invited me out to... Um, Firebird to do a, to do a test in and this is the Valvoline Robbie yeah. Gordon yeah, Robbie Gordon's car, Indy yeah. car yeah. yeah ninety-three or four whatever it was yeah so stupid amount of power yeah crazy yeah. amount of power yeah uh, I'd never driven anything well I'd, I'd actually done probably a couple of little Steve Horn every the end of every and Pat Quest also did some invited a lot of their sponsors and guests and yeah. a few media people out to drive their cars on the skid pad right. and they make a you know, make a oh, track cool. out yeah and so I'd, I'd done a couple of those probably at that stage. But the Robbie Gordon thing, yeah, the Derek Walker's thing, I did, I did, I did thirty or forty laps in that car, right. so quite a lot. Yeah, and um, it went, you know, it went fairly well, and it was fantastic fun. But it, again, it was everything was happening at warp speed because yeah. I'd never been, I'd never raced a car like that, so I never, never did. But um, it, you know, it went fairly well. And uh, but I was, I was telling Rob Edwards, who was the uh, g- engineer then, I said, Rob, I'm, I'm having a hard time figuring out. How you know how to change when to change gear because everything's happening a bit fast. Oh, it's okay. So I'll I'll, I'll organise a shift light for you. Yeah. So they, they they rigged up in my helmet a little, yeah, a little light, and when it you know, when it was the time to shift, the light came on. It's really cool. Yeah. And it, you know, that was early days of that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. yeah. At least in, at least in IndyCar they had it all in Formula One then, but it was fantastic. Fun. You don't see that happening anymore. <laughs> Well, they're no. not like, yeah. hey, no. I mean, like we did it this year with our GT3 car, which is by comparison to an Indy car, like a rental car. 
you know what I mean? Half the power and twice the weight and, you know, all the electronics turned yeah. up and everything. And even then it was like, you guys are doing what? You're letting members of the media drive your race yeah, car? Yeah, plenty of people that knew what they were doing, right? Yeah. <laughs> really. <laughs> so not to get too much on just straight biography, but where in all, like, you're, you're getting amazing truck rides. You're, you're, you're a, uh, yeah. you know, you're not a journalist, but you're writing. Where does the broadcasting transition happen? Because I have a feeling this wasn't a designed course for you. No. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't. Uh, it, how that came about was that I used to do the lap charts for Paul Page. Oh, no, okay. I, I, okay. I, did, I did lap charts in England yeah. for the commentator at Silverstone, and that morphed into doing some things when, when and the Formula One was at Silverstone. I would do it for Murray Walker and various right. other races. And for, for the, the kids BBC, listening, the Paul Page, <laughs> all through the 80s and 90s, was the IndyCar guy yeah. Absolutely. for play-by-play. Uh, play. Yeah, yeah. like and I and sat alongside him, uh, Sam Posey, um, Bobby Unser, um, and then for, we did NASCAR race, so I did lap charts at Talladega. Oh, cool. <laughs> the hell <laughs> you keep track cool. of that? <laughs> with people like Buddy Baker and oh, awesome. Right, awesome right. fun. And, and Paul, Paul, one day, when he took over the rights for the Kmart IndyCar net, radio network in 93, probably, when Nigel came over. And, um, and he asked me if I'd be interested in do, be doing a corner stuff. So I said, yes, please. <laughs> uh, well, I wasn't sure about it, but yeah, that'd be great. So I started doing that. And, and corner means you're standing in one. Because I'm standing on a corner. Like we're not on network monitors, so one guy's standing on this part of the track, this other guy's standing on and, right. and literally... As relay circulate, you're relaying. Yeah. Okay, here they are in yeah. my part. Yeah, and I got my laptop going, so I know I know what's going on. I got no idea. <laughs> we did one at Mid Ohio, and I'm at turn one at Mid Ohio, so the other side of the bridge because you can't see that from the commentary booth sure. where they were. I think they had a commentary. Yeah, they would have been whatever. And and I'm on the top of a an articulated trailer, which is a silver, you know, aluminum top on the thing. Uh, yeah. It's baking oh hot. Oh God, yeah. And it's literally, you know, all the all the the, the, the waves, the hot waves, yeah. heat waves yeah. are literally bouncing off and I'm fried yeah. at the end of that. Yeah, Englishman in the sun. Fun. Yeah, 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 no kidding. <laughs> yeah, that was great fun. So I st that's how it started. And then it, and it sort of went on from there. I'm not really quite sure how. And then I got, got into the booth Yeah. and then uh, carried on from there. Because you were kind of like the champ car international yeah. feed guy yeah, yeah, for like feed 13 guy. years or something. Yeah, yeah and you'd, yeah. you'd mentioned you're not a play-by-play guy but in champ car that's what you were for the international feed i ended up as that okay but only because because um they decided to pull the plug on that one right. i forget what year it was but um and it well let me interrupt it to an international feed is basically like we here in the u.s watch the made for u.s broadcast right. with the normal but there yeah. are you know dozens of other english-speaking countries that are not getting that feed and so there needs to be one house feed that comes out so that they can then relay it onto their network it doesn't have all the ads and right. all, the, all the commercials for their right. for their shows and right so yeah that's that's kind of what a world feed so it's a, a clean picture with a just with a english straight commentary, english yeah. commentary all the way through and i i did the i was the color guy for that i did it with guy hobbs i did it with ben edwards who's now does the f1 stuff with um that was when it was on eurosport in the uk yeah. And Lee Diffie, I did it for with, with as well, and you know, various others. And then finally, they decided they weren't going to do that anymore. They weren't. They didn't want to go to the expense of having a, a world feed. They were just going to use the ABC show, which was um, so. So a, a few weeks before the start of the race, I told them I was there. You know, 
it was because you're there still covering it for job, the magazine so I was out of okay. huh? oh you weren't okay. no i was out of a job okay. they, they didn't have a job so i went to long beach was the first race of the season which thankfully is just up the road right so i went up there and i told them i was there and if they need anything i'm so happy to help um and um and so they, they weren't going to have an international feed they were just going to do the abc feed and send that to all their other right. things right and it went to 192 countries Wow. No, they weren't all English speaking, <laughs> right, right, but there right. was a lot of countries they went to that yeah, were. Yeah. And so, in particular, the end of that race, well, the end of practice and qualifying, when it became apparent to Australia, Network 10, that they weren't going to have what they wanted and what they'd been asking for all along, which was a dedicated commentary yeah, like they'd had for the last several years, yeah, yeah. they started, they were not very happy, and they made it perfectly happy. Clear they weren't very happy to the broadcasters, so to the, uh, to cha- to champ the producing team, yeah. So they, they then said, okay, Jeremy, are you available this weekend? Oh, you know I'm freaking well available. I've been telling you that for weeks. <laughs> yes, right. yes, I'm available. Yeah, what can I do? So they said, well, what we'd like you to do is we, we'd like you to fill in during the commercial breaks. Okay. So they, I said, fine. I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just sure. tell me what to do and I'll, I'd, I'd love to do it. So, so they set me up on, on, and for the race morning warm-up. They put me on a headset in the Spanish language booth so I was looking over their shoulders at the at the monitor, yeah, yeah. and um, they said, "Okay, fine. Well, you know, what are they, they'll call the race, and then when they go to commercial, we'll throw it to you, and you'll you pick it up during the commercial breaks." I said, "Okay, fine." I think this could be interesting, but fine, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I said, "You know, I, I get on the thing, and I said, yeah, Jeremy, I'm just on on talkback, yeah, Jeremy Shaw I'm in the international booth, nothing, nothing. The race starts." I've heard nothing from anybody. I think, okay, well, fine. They've obviously decided not to do it. Well, then, so, you know, lap two or three, they go to commercial. Okay, Jeremy, pick it up. Uh, oh, no. <laughs> so, so you're not hearing so anything? You have no idea what's no, going on? Well, yeah, yeah. no, I can probably hear what they're talking about. Okay. But uh, not that that's really relevant. Yeah, it was, sure. It was somebody, not quite sure who it was, but they were, they were a fairly low-key Kind voice. of production so, yeah, group, the, yeah. the main, the, the main, The main voice, the, play, the, the play-by-play guy was yeah. fairly fairly low-key well I get on there and I'm yeah, you know, right. a couple of octaves higher because yeah. I'm excited about it yeah right. and um, and then you know a couple of minutes later basically they said shut the <laughs> up <laughs> right stop yep. so then, they, then they pick it up again and yep. that went on through the whole race and so you go you know the, the, the level would be a sort of right, 50% right, 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 let's right. say then, right. then for, for a couple of minutes each time it would be 80% yeah and then back down again <laughs> and the end of the race I think the race probably hadn't even finished and the producers in Australia were on the phone to the um, host broadcaster here and said, well, <laughs> I don't know what they said, but it was, certainly wasn't very complimentary in any case. So, uh, cut the bottom line, the following week I had a job again. Nice. Huh. So I did there the whole go. thing. Right. But, the, but the bad news was it was just me. But say you're doing uh, the play-by-play play and the whole oh, thing. So yeah. I'm going to do the whole damn thing. And I'm thinking, yeah. <clears throat> right, what am I going to do here? So I managed to persuade them to, to have another voice on there yeah. and then I would just grab somebody from the Indy Lights race yeah. one of the drivers from the Indy yeah. Lights race and, and they'd be my colour commentator right. which was brilliant fun yeah. and you know a whole bunch of different people did it and, uh, and it was absolutely tremendous fun yeah. you did that with me this year yeah <laughs> that's kind of your move well it is, <laughs> like, it okay. is. I'm, you know, I'm a lazy bugger and, and, <laughs> and I'm proud of it but I love the sport and I yeah. sometimes know what I'm talking about right. and and I can, I can bring a sort of a level of excitement and, and I think, uh, and a bit of noise. So, yeah. 
you know, it kind of works. Yeah. But I always like to have somebody else that just to bounce things off. Really. Yep. Right. Yeah. Really yep. good. It's it's weird. Your enthusiasm doesn't show at all. Yeah. No. Uh, you're such a downer. Well, <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, so here's here's my question. So like. <laughs> Looking at the TV monitor above us, like, can you name what sport that is? I can name what sport it is. Okay. But is that about it? Like, is MLB. there any life outside of racing for you? Like, do you go to movies? I do don't you, go to movies. Okay. Um, I mean, you're lucky you I mean, have I a, love, a wife yeah, I love, racing. I love football, i.e. soccer, cricket, tennis. I love, I love most sports, particularly on TV. Golf, I love watching golf on TV. Okay. Um, but no, I don't go to movies, and, and um, I'm, I'm off awfully dull I wouldn't but, say but, that but I have a child okay and um, who uh, oh, here we go <laughs> one of the photos show you a picture of the child here we go I'm going to guess I'm not going to make a guess no but you know what it is I, I, that oh, yeah. was my guess yeah. I was like it's a dog. a dog yeah, uh, yeah. But perfect. he looks just like me he's hairy like me <laughs> so my fear was you said that and I was like it's a dog and you're going to pull out like no it's my 16 year old daughter like, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> She's lovely. <laughs> well, we have that in common, at least. Yeah. So you've obviously had, you know, IndyCar champions, sports car champions, NASCAR drivers. Is there somebody out there that you think, like, man, I would have loved to have had that guy or girl come through the program that you could really mold? Oh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's been a few over the years, I suppose, but yeah. there was one guy called Larry Gunselman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I heard a little bit about. He uh -huh. was doing some stock car racing, and, and uh, everybody told me that he's the sort of guy that can really benefit from the knowledge that I have yeah. and open up a few doors and get him onto the onto the uh, yeah, the path towards you know, the really big time because uh, I think he never really got the opportunities probably he, he, he deserved, I think. Sure, sure. So I'm I'm a 15 year old sophomore in high school, <coughs> and are you hot? Well, if I'm talking about my own experience, absolutely not. Oh, okay. And uh, uh, I look at somebody like Jeremy Shaw and say, "Well, that's what I want to do for a living," because uh, clearly it's easy. <laughs> and uh, what what is the uh, what is sort of the go-to advice you give to the young kids who want to be a journalist, want to be a broadcaster, or, or whatever that is? Passion. Yeah. Easy. And, and just be prepared to meet as many people. I'm not, oddly, particularly outgoing. It might seem odd, but I'm not. I'm, I'm pretty quiet and, and reserved. I always have a difficult time going up to talk to people that yeah. I don't know, except when they're racing, in, involving racing, because I know there's that common bond there. Yeah. And I can have a conversation with somebody about racing. Yeah. It's a bit one-dimensional, admittedly. But, but you have to have the passion. You have to do your homework. Because there's, there's so much involved in this sport, and you know, my the benefit that I have is having been around for as long as I have, and met so many people. Right. And um, and that's something that money can't buy. Um, it's only time that can buy that. Right. So therefore, for youngsters, they've you know, got to get out there. You know, get get to get to your local tracks, go to the local SCCA or short track even or whatever it is, and meet the people. And start getting your name around, getting people to know that you're enthusiastic, what you what it is you want to do, whether it's writing or broadcasting or whatever, and just you know offer to help people out. And it's the same with racing drivers, to be honest. Right. You know, if they go to their local events and meet the people, and you know, try and wrench on the cars, like yeah. uh, Ryan was saying earlier, and and you know whatever it is, you know, whatever it is, as soon as they if they if they latch onto that enthusiasm then you've got a chance of making something happen. And right. it's the same in this side of, of, the, of the thing as well. But you know, it's a lot of work and you've got to be prepared to, um, 
you know, nowadays you've got tape records and things that, that helps rather than just you don't have to just scribble down everything on, on a notepad. Right. Um, and um, but to stand out from the crowd, you've got to get all the angles. You've got to get the respect of the people you're writing about and/or talking about, and that's that's the biggest handicap to overcome. Look, when I first came over here, it was to run On Track magazine uh, in the middle 80s, and it was a great magazine. It was, a, it was bi-weekly, so it was every other week. Yeah. And at that stage, I'd been working for Autosport for, for the previous 10 years, on a, 10 years basically. And when I came over here, I was amazed how many people knew about Autosport, yeah. because it was, it, we always talked about it being the Bible. But when I got over here, I really realized it was. Yeah. You know, I met people like Mario Andretti for the first time, and he knew my name from that. Yeah. And even the NASCAR guys, you know, uh, I, we, there was a really cool feature that we used to do in a magazine called Race of My Life. And it was, it was the back page of the magazine, final page, and it was um, a recollection of anybody about what was the race of their life for whatever reason. M might not have won it, might have crashed, might have whatever. And, and I did a whole bunch of those who were fabulous. I did Carol Shelby, I did Richard Petty, Buddy, uh, Buddy Baker, David Pearson, all the legendary guys from the 70s. And, and most of them knew about Autosport magazine. And I was blown away by that. Yeah. But again, uh, that you know, that's it's all the experience that there's there's no substitute. So you need to get your name around there, and 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 that's that's the biggest key. And it, but it's so much fun. I mean, I never forget, you know, these big names, and they were so friendly to me. And uh, having not been over here, I thought they kind of a clue, but yeah. they were brilliant. And Richard Petty, I mean, you know, the king still is. Right. And back then he was the same, uh, bigger probably because more people everybody knew who he was then in racing uh, and I, I'd, I'd set up a time to meet him at Daytona for 24 hours uh, for the uh, 500 excuse me and um, I went on the appointed time and he and he, he was there he said German I'm, I'm terribly sorry oh, I'm not I'm not even gonna try the accent <laughs> uh, that's stupid I said terribly sorry I can't do it now can you come back at six o'clock I'm really sorry you know I'll be there at six o'clock I said Mr. Petty not a problem I'll be I'll be there so I was there at Six Scott, there he was, yeah. and he gave me this fabulous story. You know, gave, you, I, he would have taken us uh, whatever time it took. Yeah. And, and that, you know, and it was great. He, he talked obviously about the 200th win at, uh, at Daytona in front of President Reagan. It was a brilliant story, and he yeah. told it beautifully, and it was such a fun story to write. Yeah. Great fun. <laughs> you mentioned being somewhat introverted, uh, and, and I'm a big believer in this, because I, I think I would fall in the same category. Uh, I think being introverted sometimes helps when you're younger because one of the biggest problems I see with younger folks is they're yeah. too quick to give an opinion <laughs> and too slow to listen to other people that are maybe more senior than being introverted probably helped you in the sense you probably kept your mouth quiet. Um, do you see that with some of the younger journalists or whatever you want to call them today that uh, are maybe too quick to explain things but uh, aren't necessarily paying attention? Yeah, very definitely. Yeah. I, I, but I think it's a modern trait these days as well and there's just... I mean, you look at the world in general, and there's not the same respect that that, that used to be, in, sure. in my opinion. Maybe, maybe it's just me being a f old fuddy-duddy, but I, mean, I always I always try and say good morning to somebody, or if I'm yeah. just walking down the street or whatever, I always yeah. try to be civil, and you know that sort of thing you hardly ever get these days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's the same, I think, you know, interacting with people. Like, you know, I'm not very gregarious, and I would have a hard time going to somebody in the park if I'm walking the dog and talking to them. Right. But if they were involved in racing, I'd have no difficulty whatsoever. <laughs> right, right. It is a bit sad, isn't it? I have a question for you. I'm mean, going to have to write it down, though. 
Uh-oh. Yeah, tra- no, no, we're going somewhere with this. We don't normally do this. Because I don't know what's happening. This transpires well. So I'm going to write a name. <laughs> I want you to pronounce it. Oh, Uh-oh. okay. Whoa. All right, I'm going to write this down. Yeah, it's funny. You could, you, there's, there's a whole bunch of names in this sport that yeah. are pretty difficult to get get your head around. Well, yeah. Well, it's I like mean, a, yeah it's this, this year's TBSA scholarship winner, Aaron Johnson. Johnson. He's from Louisiana. From Louisiana. Yeah, exactly. So, right. Johnson, yeah, it's a French thing. Yeah. You, try, you, you try and spell that phonetically. Yeah, I saw it earlier right. on your website, and I was yeah, like, ah, yeah, I don't know what that is. So yeah. I, I want you to read this name only because <clears throat> I thought for 20 years I'd heard it pronounced one way, and you guys are, are, are completely throwing me for a loop. Pierre Kleinubing. Is it Klein? <laughs> so where did the, did you guys did he tell you that as, it's Kleinubing? As opposed to what? Kleinubing, like a normal American. <laughs> Good question. And you know, Has I don't he ever told I, you, or do I, you guys I just make it up? I generally try to ask somebody. Right. For example, okay. Alvaro Alvaro Parent yes. came over here last year. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, to do Prelude World Challenge. Right. I did I did a couple of Prelude World Challenges at the beginning yep. of the right. year. Yeah. And I had heard him. I had heard a couple of broadcasts in, from the UK from Europe. Yeah where they said Alvaro Parent. Yeah. And he got over here, and they're all calling him Alvaro Parenti. Parenti, yeah, right. yeah. And I'm, and I'm thinking, huh? So I went to ask him. I went to, it, I found, dug him out. How do you pronounce your name? Oh, I don't, don't care. I said, what do you mean you don't care? <laughs> no. That's I said, I said <laughs> give me a name. It, is it Alvaro Parent or Parenti? He says, Alvaro Parent. Okay. I said, fine. Yeah. I said, he said, but I don't care. You know, if, it's, if that's the American way, no. In the same way as, <laughs> you know, as, as for example, Harry Loindyke changed the spelling of his name to make it more Americanized. Right, or Haley. Some people have done similar things, yeah. Catherine Evers. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he, he wasn't fussed. I said, no, 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 no. I mean, my name is a good, is a good one, actually, because I call it Shaw. Yeah. Over here, it's Shah. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And yeah. I remember <laughs> I was somewhere and said, you know, who, yeah, what's your name? Jeremy Shaw. Pardon? Jeremy Shaw, S-H-A-W. Oh, you mean Shah? <laughs> I said, no, I don't mean Shah. If I'd, if I'd meant Shah, I'd have said Shah. Right. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but, I, but that was a long time ago. Now sure. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't give a monkey anymore. <laughs> and, and so I, so I, I kind of get it where Alvaro's coming from. But, but I, was, I was insistent that I was going to call him yeah. uh, Parent. And, and the other guys yeah. on, the, on, the other, on the, the other stream were calling him Parente until they sort kind of tweaked yeah. yeah. And they said, no, no. I said, I, I said look, this is, I asked him. <laughs> He, he, he said he doesn't mind, but this is how he, he likes it. All right. So you do not go out of your way to pronounce things differently? I don't go out of my way to pronounce things differently. We and got I, and if there is any doubt, and yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 I might be wrong with Pierre. I must oh, admit, I don't know, because actually. he's one of the guys. Generally, if, like I say, if there's a question mark, I'll, I'll often go up and ask him. Say, and, and even then, I'll, I'll, I'll probably do that three or four times during the season. Right, I keep right. forgetting. I generally try and write it down. And once I've written something down, I've got a fighting chance yeah. of remembering it. Right. Yeah. But, but several ones I don't. Right. Um, and I'm sure there's various ones in the IMSA series. I can't really remember who they are now, but there's a few like that. And I'm if sure I do pronounce them wrong. But If we gave you like $5, <laughs> could you exclusively call Ryan DL Razzle Dazzle and never mention his real name? No, because I wouldn't remember it. I'd forget. Okay, fair enough. I can't okay. do anything consistently, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Other than lap times when it comes down to it, then right. I'll try my heart. All right. All right. I can get behind that. So I don't know why you agreed to be on with us, but... <laughs> <Not> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, you're, you me. Your hope with a Jeremy Shaw... <laughs> I just became from New uh, York not right there. On that one, I really uh, <laughs> what, what's the legacy you would l- you want to leave behind in something like this? 
Well, I guess it would be the team that say scholarship. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's just my way of giving back a little bit to the sport that's been my life yeah. for you know for for all these years. It's astonishing to me that I've been able to keep it going. Yeah, and it is more and more difficult. And that, you know, I'm I'm I try not to burn any bridges. That's for sure. Um, and I th I think I've got you know more people respect me than not for what I've done because I've been straightforward and. I make mistakes and I'll put my hand up and say, oops, sorry about that. Yeah. And, and generally speaking, because I don't do it that often, I generally get um, forgiven by most people. Right. Um, but, you know, the, the legacy certainly is looking back and seeing all these kids you know, make fantastic careers for themselves. That's, that's so satisfying. We need well, to get out of here. Yeah, we do. They, they, the they are already there. Yeah. Yeah, or do. the fire's coming either way. No, that actually might be it. Yeah. Might be the fire. They're literally the smoking us out. And Dario's sitting in the car right now, probably trying to bat the flames away. So yeah. I guess so. Continental's got the check. Awesome. Thank you very much. Jeremy Shaw, delightful guy, and I uh, cannot stress enough what he has done for many young drivers in the sport, and I'm glad we uh, we got to shed a little bit of insight into what he's like. Also, a uh, shout out to Mr. Chris Maupin, I hope I'm pronouncing that right, who uh, suggested Jeremy uh, through our website, and again, anyone can make suggestions if you'd like, uh, go to dinnerwithracers.com and let us know who you'd like to have on, we'll pay attention or we won't. And we'll uh, go ahead and close out with uh, another unknown band. This is uh, somebody who just submitted out of the blue. Uh, his name is Dane Norman. That's uh, D-A-I-N-N-O-R-M-A-N. Uh, he is on Reverb Nation if you want to check him out. Uh, here's a song called Traveling Blues. Enjoy. <laughs> 